Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm coming for all of you! Right now, there's a 15-year-old sophomore in high school who has no idea they're studying nursing just so they can wipe my ass in 17 years. I'm 50 and single. That's a fantastic combination. I'm going to spend my golden years dating a handful of spit and a jug of Astroglide. Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast? Is there a weird echo? Is there something you're hearing that you don't usually hear? Are there things happening in your ears right now with your plugged into your iPod vagina that you can't explain? Am I ethereal? Am I floating? Am I in from one ear to the other? Am I going back and forth? Am I in your? Am I in the tape deck standing to the left on the eject like our friend L.O. Cool J would do? Probably, maybe, who knows? There's a reason why my voice sounds so weird because look, when I come to you folks and I'm in different places all the time, as you know, for a couple of years there, I didn't give a fuck where I was when I recorded the show. I recorded one show at the bottom of a bar. Did you know that? I was literally in the bottom of a bog. I had a fucking mask on. I had a fucking air pipe in my mouth. And all I did was I hummed. But for some reason, because I'm so fucking good at this, I hummed and the air burst out into bubbles and it rose to the top. And I had miked the top of the bog. Try that, motherfuckers. You think you're somebody? You think you know technological bullshit? Go ahead and try to mic the top of a bog. There's fucking ducks and loons. You ever try to get a loon out of your fucking microphone cord? That's fucking difficult as hell. Especially when you're trying to cut a podcast. I'm at the fucking bottom of a bog trying to cut a thing and all of a sudden I hear a fucking dis- disturbance, I float to the top, there's a goddamn loon trying to hang himself in my motherfucking microphone cord. Fuck you, loon! Get the fuck off, man! And I'm sh- and then the loon is like, hey man, I fucking live here. Like, that's my problem? You see me coming, you see me sunk down, there's a goddamn boat and three African guys who are fucking lowering me down with a fucking thing on my head so I can breathe and do a goddamn podcast, so I get an air tub, uh, b- bubble tube, I was gonna say whatever the fuck, in my mouth, and you see me fucking doing this, loon, back the fuck up, go to your loon nest, you don't live in the bog, this is not your whole fucking house, alright? There's plenty of other fucking bogs. This bog's too big for the both of us, motherfucker. Get out. Could be too small for the both of us. I may have just gone ahead and said something incorrect there. And that, But that's what happens when you're yelling at a loon. I mean, fuck. They don't listen. You're trying to talk to loons, and then they're giving you this fucking weird-ass look, and you're like, hey, motherfucker, I don't think you can step to me, loon. Uh, but then you know what you do? You go down underneath. And here's the thing, and that's, I found this out totally. After that argument, I went down, and I continued to do the podcast, and, uh, and I was fine, but then the loon kept fucking with the microphone cord. You know why? He thought it was my air tube. Fucking loon was trying to kill me, man. That fucking loon, he was, he was, he grabbed his wings and he fucking squeezed the cord together like, haha, no air for that fat fucker down on the goddamn bottom of the bog. By the way, fat fucker on the bottom of the bog, my favorite Charlie Daniels album. Oh my God, is that great? You gotta pick that up. Fat fucker on the bottom of the bog. Charlie Daniels will fucking sweep you off your feet with tons of harmonica and racism. Go ahead and get that album. Fat fucker on the bottom of a bog. Available now. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, so I'm talking. You can hear my voice floating in space. And I will tell you that I'm uncomfortable. I'm not comfortable right now, folks. I am not happy. I'm not I'm not in a normal space. I'm not in a normal headspace for, uh, for that uh, matter. Because normally I talk into a microphone, and I can talk into microphones anywhere. I've done it, as I've mentioned, at the bottom of Bog. I've done it in small theaters throughout this great land of ours. I, have, I will have announced a date and a time and a show for you later. Today, I've officially booked something. All right, I'm going to tell you this. I'll give you this secret. I've officially booked three shows. Yeah, that's right. Three fucking shows. However, I can only announce one of them at this time. So please, retain retain your fucking enthusiasm for those other two shows. I will tell you this. They are on diametrically opposed coasts. I can tell you about one that's on a certain coast. Well, it's not on a coast. I mean, it's fucking inland, but still, it's closer to the other coast than it is the other coast. Being very specific here, the coasts, a couple of coasts. You know what it is? I'm touring with Best Coast. I'm going out on the road with Best Coast this fall. I'll be opening with them, and I don't even know who the fuck they are, but I can't wait to do the goddamn show. That's a band, right? Best Coast? I know there's a coast radio station by me where I live, uh, and I say by me where I live as if I'm not where I live. Well, that's true. I'm not where I live, and I'll explain why in just a second. But remember when I used to do the show? As I mentioned, all sorts of places. In a car? I did. Uh, what I could I on a train? What I could I on a plane? I ate green eggs and fucking ham with that fucking weird creature, and I hit... Oh, and, uh, you know what I used to love about the green eggs and ham? In the, watch, Go read that book. Because Sam I am's like, dude, eat the green eggs and ham. That other fucking dude, he's like a cat in a hat, but he's not. Like he's a cat without a hat. I, that's what they should have called green eggs and ham. Not as catchy, but if you call it cat without a hat, all the cat with a hat people buy that fucking book looking for the cat. They're like, holy fuck, it's a sequel. And they realize, nah, this is just a trick to get a seat fucking spoiled breakfast food. Dr. Seuss, why would you do that to us, sir? Mr. Geisel? God damn, Ted. Uh, I call him Ted. I'm very tight with Dr. Seuss. Uh, again, I don't, re- and you know what, truth, truthfully, I don't respect his doctorate. I don't care. I don't know who you think you are. You think you can fucking cure me? You want to lay on the hands and, and you want to feed me? Grand- no, I would not, could not in a train. I would not, could not on a plane. You cannot put your hands on me, Sam. I am. And neither you, Ted. Uh, I call him Ted, Ted Geisel. Uh, he's a doctor. Certainly. That's what I've heard. Uh, and, and I tell you what, doctor, doctor, can I hear you call and call in? Is that Thompson Twins? I think it is. By the way, Thompson Twins, another book by Theodore Geisel. <laughs> Dr. Seuss wrote Cat in the Hat, Green Eggs and Ham, and Thompson Twins. You didn't know that, did you? And I'll tell you what, I love the Thompson Twins because the black guy plays the gashnoogle and the guy with the red hair plays the gafonkafonk. The blonde, she still plays the fucking guitar, tambourine, whatever the fuck she did. Uh, she's weird looking, right? Doesn't she just look filthy? Uh, if, go watch Thompson Twins video right now. I'll wait. And you watch them, and there's the redhead guy, and you're like, all right, that guy's cool. And then there's the Darrow Igus looking guy from Fridays, and he's doing whatever the fuck he does. And then there's the fucking blonde, and there's just women who, and I, I don't mean women, there's people, period. I don't want to be, I don't want, it's, I don't mean to me, motherfuckers. But there is usually, there are just people who look like, they, like they, if you licked them, they were salty. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. <laughs> Like kind of garbagey. Like for some reason, I just I look at I look at fucking the chick, the blonde from the Thompson Twins, because she had a weird head face, and I don't know if she just had a lot of powder caked on, or uh, or the fact that that redhead guy was so stunning that he made her look so terrible. I mean, because that's a good looking fella at the beginning of the Thompson Twins, right? He's really, I, I think, uh, I think he's good looking. Wait, l- let me check. I have a picture. <laughs> Come on, pin to my wall. That literally, that just on the fly. I'm really good at this. I'm really fucking good at this, folks. All right. Uh, it's, a, it's an image of him and me, and we're laughing, and we're loving it all. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, and look at our lives now, tattered and fucking torn. It's him, and it's me, and it's what do we see, and then here I am at the bottom of a bog. We can't have that. That's actually, I went and hid the bottom of the bog once we broke up, because he looked for me all over the earth. He was all over the place. <laughs> and uh, you know why I broke up with him? Because he told lies, lies, lies. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to get him. All right, so uh, let's take a breath. Let's do that. Let's breathe, folks. We haven't breathed just yet. I know a guy who can breathe through his ear. I, uh, I can tell you this, folks. 
I'm 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 not I'm in a weird spot because like I said I used to travel all over. I've done shows in a car. I've done shows in a van. That seems weird. I've never done shows in a van. I've done shows in a car. I, I just lied to you. How sad is that? Really? I'm, although you're probably doubting the Loon Bog story, but I'm telling you right now the van story is clearly a lie. Loon Bog, sue me. Try to fucking prove it. All right, motherfucker. I will fucking I will ride that story to the day I fucking die. And they throw my body into Woolly Swamp, and you better not go there at night. <laughs> Charlie fucking Daniels. All right, uh, that's the legend of Woolly Swamp. Um, man, I, again, seriously, I cannot lie to you. Really good at this. Uh, all right, so here's the deal. I used to do shows all over the place. Never in a van. That is a lie. I will cop to that. I've never done a show in a van. However, I've done shows in cars, in quiet neighborhoods with neighbors walking by my car and looking at me and going, why are you talking into us? You know, like, literally, I was the, I was the worst FBI guys. Like, that's who they thought. They're just like, aren't you supposed to be in, a, like, a flower van with a fucking headset on? Nah. I'm just going to sit here out in the open and stare at your lawn while I talk to strangers all over the world. And that's not even a joke. Like, because they could have come to the car and said, hey, what are you doing? I would have said, recording a message from my friends in Saudi Arabia. And it would not have been a lie. Totally. Because, I mean, uh, our friend Sami Ali Shah, uh, I think he's over in Australia now hosting the news. Uh, But our friend uh, Hanan Al-Hamami, she's over there. Hamami? Hamami? I never, I, Hanan, I'm sorry. Please forgive me for uh, chili dipping your name. And I don't mean to do that. Uh, By the way, when I was in your country, I loved the chili dip. It was my fantastic, uh, it was the thing I really enjoyed the most when I went to Kuwait. And it's not your country, I know, and you're from Saudi Arabia. And and now I've painted myself into a corner here, which is not good. Um, So I've done shows in cars. I've done shows in neighborhoods. I've done shows in vans. I've done shows at the bottom of a well. We've talked about that. But now, folks, in what is... uh, a possibly recurring feature of this show in some weird way. And I don't know why it's, t- it's come to this. I don't know why it's become this folks, but after 10 years, you got to liven it up. I can't get a fucking Robbie wrist in here to do fucking quack wacky lines and, and, and be a new guest star. I can't, I can't marry myself off or get, I mean, look, I already tried the divorce that happened and you guys still stuck around. Then I had a, another long-term relationship and you guys were all really solid to me on corner for that. And then I wrapped that around a fucking telephone pole. And then, uh, and then, of course, we had a, a special guest star for a couple of episodes. The lovely Randy showed up, and then she was quietly written out of the series. And a lot of you then contact me and go, hey, man, is she ever coming back? She might. Who knows, man? Stick around. Who knows? They're, they're, I, I got news for you. The other two might come back, too. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen? I can't. I can't commit to anything with this goddamn show. The only thing I can tell you for sure is I will never go back to the bog because that loon has got it out for me. That's the only thing I'd mention to you right fucking now. Uh, but but seriously, I this has become now with ten years. You got to shake it up. You got to do different things, and uh, and not unlike the cars, you must shake it up, as you know. So uh, <laughs> I I so and I, I tell you, you know what? Shaking it up is just what I needed. I can tell you that right now, folks. Uh, Here's, oh my God, we just crossed 9-11. I just looked down. It's the weirdest thing. I looked down. That was nine minutes and 11 seconds right when I did the fucking just what I needed. And, and now I think a lot of you will probably think that I was saying that 9-11 was just what I needed because you'll look down at your, oh, the wait, the theme song kind of bumps it. So this is probably 9-11 right now coming up on this. No, it's probably another 20 seconds. So I'll have to wait. Why would I wait? What would I do there? I want to, I want to hit the post on this. Literally, look at your time. We're going to see if I can, if I can run this out because 9-11 is at, and the theme song usually is at like 38 seconds is when my voice comes in. So we're looking at 9-49. So we're at 9-41 now. So it's like 9-43 now. We're getting up there. Stick around. Keep looking at your time wheel because we're right about there and you'll know when it's 9-11 when I say Muhammad Atta. All right. So uh, right there, I hit the post on Muhammad Atta. You can't fucking argue with that. By the way, I know a guy who once saw 9-11 and then had his house destroyed in Katrina. He could still breathe through his ear. Anyway, uh, and it's a terrible thing. Is that, you know what? Here's the thing. He can breathe through his ear because of a, a 9-11 related accident. Uh, he was struck by lightning as he was being molested by an Eagle Scout captain. And then he watched the towers come down. It's a weird life. All right. So 
Uh, as I mentioned, I'm on the road. Uh, I didn't really mention that yet, did I? I think I just said I was shaking it up, but I said this is going to be a recurring, uh, recurring feature. I'm recurring. Uh, by the way, recurring, yes. Feature? No, absolutely not. This is not a feature. This is not anything that anyone goes, oh, I can't wait until Mike does a show from somebody else's fucking weird living room. Oh, fantastic. Uh, wouldn't it be fan- Oh, wouldn't it be great if Mike came to my house and recorded a show? No, it, tr- it clearly would not. I, and I have people, I can prove it. I got testimonials. As, they, as the kids will say today, I got the receipts. And they will show you and then baby will go, nah, it's, it's not a good thing. Cause I'm, I, and also I'm out of sorts. I'm just, cause I will tell you this, I'm recording in somebody's house this week. I'm at a person's, I, I'm, I'm on a road trip, a field trip. I went to somebody's house to go ahead and record a show and I'm here now. And it, again, it always seems like a good idea in the generating. It always seems like a good idea. And I, and I also tell you this, this guy has been insisting that I come to his house and record. He's been, oh, he's just been every fucking week beckoning me, telling me, you got to come to my place. You got to come to my place. And, uh, and then finally I decided that I should tell you guys that that was a lie and that I called him and asked to come to his house. And that's not even a joke. Like, cause here's why. All right. So I, Southwest airlines, as you know, is the flying bus, but I, they're my flying bus. So back the fuck off. So, uh, I'm, I'm now their guy. They're solidly in my corner. I wasn't a Southwest guy for the longest time. You remember, because I had a huge fight on the plane cause I was too fat and they made me pay a double fare. And then they tried to get the seat away. And I'm like, Nope, that's my fucking seat. And then they tried to fat shame me off the goddamn plane. And I, I might as well have just taken off my shirt and eaten all of the peanuts. That's how fucking much I cared about you and your bullshit. You fucking fat shame me and make me buy a spare seat. Guess what? I'm going to ooze all over this fucking seat. I'm going to just job of the fucking hut and put two of your Southwest Airline people in that goddamn fucking Leia bikini and have them sit at my feet the entire trip and just throw fucking pretzels into my goddamn mouth. Because fuck you, you make me pay for a fucking extra ticket. I'm using that ticket. I'm going to ooze. I'm going to lay. I'm going to sit. I'm going to, I'm going to scrawl. I'll just lay across it and just to scratch my back on the handle. That's how I handle it. Uh, and by the way, I literally just did a motion as if I were scratching my back on the handle and it is, it is a, an elegant movement. Elegant is the only word that could describe it. I literally, this is, this is how I scratch my back on a handle. Now here's my scandal. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like an animal. Now here's my scandal. And I'd tell you about my scandal, but the vandal took the handles. All right. So uh, and handles Messiah. The vandals took handles Messiah. I don't know if you're aware of that. Did you know that that happened? The vandals took the handles. They returned for more handles. There were no handles, but handles Messiah was there. And the vandals stole that as well. I hate vandals. Uh, <laughs> you know what else I had about handles? I hate mandals. That's a guy's, that's when men wear sandals. That's what I'm, I'm calling it. I'm sure someone's called it a mandal somewhere. I didn't just invent that. Uh, you know, I also hate Harvey Mandelbaum. He was the strong guy on Seinfeld. Wasn't that him? I hate anything with an handle in it. I hate handles. I hate candles. Uh, <laughs> I hate Yankee doodle dandles. I don't like that at all. Um, I was talking about something, right? Wasn't I doing that? I should do the show from a van. Probably this is, the, this is a van quality show. This is the, this content is van worthy. Um, so I boarded the Southwest. Southwest, they, I fly them everywhere. I wasn't flying them because, again, they fat shamed me. They told me, look, we don't allow pregnant men on this plane. And I was furious at that. Uh, and then here's, and here's my, again, my favorite part of the whole thing. I do that. I, I, I ride it out. I steal the seat, whatever. And then Kevin Smith takes one foot onto a Southwest flight and it becomes national fucking news. I'm like, I, I am so much fatter than Silent Bob. I am infinitely fatter. I literally, because this is how fat I am, when, or at the time, not now, but at the time, this is how fat I was when they yelled at me about having the other seat. I actually vomited up Kevin Smith in a rage. That's how mad I was because I contained all of him within all of me. Uh, it was, it was, he was just within me and he was in there being silent. And then when I unleashed him, then he went ahead and said, hey, I'm going to start a podcast network and rip people off. And I was ready to say, okay, that's great. Now that's a lie. I don't know if Kevin Smith ripped people, <laughs> people off. I only know this because Geo came to me and he's like, uh, hey, did you know that Adam Carolla and Kevin Smith, like Kevin Smith stole $500,000 from Adam Carolla? Now, when you hear that sentence, all right, you, you, your brain does things. 
Kevin Smith stole $500,000 from Adam Carolla. Now, I guess you could immediately go in a, like, in a failed business deal. But I prefer to think of Kevin Smith, like, squeezed into a tiny box like the Chinese acrobat in Ocean's Eleven, and they snuck him into the Corolla compound, and somehow he stole $500,000 and absconded in a Hamburglar suit. Like, that's all I could think of. I can't, I can't, my brain doesn't work in a way where I'm just like, oh, they probably had a failed business deal and then Kevin wound up with the money. Because to me, it's like, if you got a paperwork and there's a business deal and somebody else gets $500,000 that you were supposed to get, um, either you're getting that $500,000 back or not unlike the Predator, you're going to have a skull in your trophy room of fucking Kevin Smith. I mean, that's going to fucking happen. Uh, and and I, mean, I mean, I would have his fucking skull, and but I would keep the beard and the goatee and I would put the fucking hat on him and I'd put a fucking trench coat around it and I would pay, I would have the $500,000, I would pay Jason Mewes to go noise, noise, noise next to the skull all fucking day long. If you take any, if you take a, and I got to be honest with you, 500 grand, worth it. You take five bucks from me, Kevin Smith. And I am kneecapping your stroke having ass. That's what fucking happened. Did he have a stroke or a heart attack? What did he do? He wound up sick. He told some story. He was at a theater in Burbank and it was in between podcasts. And then he wound up laying there and he was like, fuck it. He had a massive heart attack. And I was like, holy shit, because I let Gio know because Gio's a huge fan of Kevin Smith. Uh, And I like Kevin Smith too. I don't want to shit on him. I don't know anything about him. I was joking. I love Clerks. Clerks is fantastic. Um, Jay and Silent Bob is one long shit joke, but I mean, that's fine. Good for you. Uh, But I also like, I I like Clerks. I mentioned that, right? Is that the one I like? I like Clerks a lot. I actually enjoy Clerks too, as I've talked about, because fucking, uh, uh, what's his name? Randall gets to give the speech in the fucking, uh, the jail cell. That's me. That's my life. He's like, Hey, I don't need any more fucking friends. You're my friend. I don't, I'm fucking 30. You think I'm gonna make any more goddamn friends? Imagine watching that at 46 and going, Ooh, Jesus Christ. I'm 26 late on the no friend train. But I, yeah, I kind of realized that you're right. No doubt. 16, 46 minus 30 is 16, not 26. Um, all right, so here's the thing, folks. I'm on the road. I traveled. I went ahead to do this show in a different location uh, and never follow Hippie to a different location. Remember that from 30 Rock? Um, I, I, so Southwest, they were like, hey, dude. They wrote me an email because they're trying to connect with younger people and they use the vernacular. Uh, and apparently, I don't know if you know this, Jeff Spicoli now works for Southwest. He's sending out all their emails. What's up, bud? <laughs> Let's party in the sky. Uh, that's a terrible Spicoli. All right, my old man's a television repairman. He's got the ultimate set of tools. I can fix it. You can't fix this car, Spicoli. Oh, I can fix it. That, that's more of a Keanu. I got more of a Keanu thing happening there. Whoa. Uh, and by the way, I don't do impressions at all. Like none. <laughs> zero. I'm literally in my brain. I'm like, that sounds like Keanu Reeves. Or it could be Jeff Spicoli. Or it could be Mike being a fucking stupid idiot. <laughs> in the dark. With fucking duck smell clinging to his face. Um... I'm at a, I'm at a person's house and they fried a duck. Like literally, they fried a duck before the show. Like I, because I go, look, I don't want to eat before the show. He goes, no problem, man. And then he he got out a skillet and he fried a duck before I recorded. So now I'm just sitting in this grease laden fucking pit. It's fuck. It's so awful. It's so awful. You have no idea. I'm trying to talk. If my voice sounds weird, it's because it's coming through a fat filter and not the normal fat filter that I have. I mean an actual floating cloud of duck fat smoke that's in my face. It's just. It's just grim. I might as well, you know, actually, I got to be truly honest with you. I, you know, the cock sock that I used to cover my microphone, I've replaced it with duck skin. Crispy duck skin now filters my voice and you can hear it. You can probably hear it a sizzling. Uh, I'm not comfortable in, in a smell house. This is a smell house right now and I don't like it. I don't, I just, I don't enjoy it. And yet I came here, it was, this was my idea. I can't bitch, although I probably will, but I can't bitch because this was my idea. And yet I guess I didn't realize that when I came here, he, he was going to boil a goose. I mean, what the fuck, man? I got a show to do. 
I'm the talent. I got to keep my fucking voice clear. I got to keep my throat clean. I can't have a fucking duck polyp float into my fucking throat and ruin everything. Quack. See, look at the fuck. See, what the heck? that just happened. That's involuntary. I didn't mean for that to happen. I got a duck polyp in there stroking the third fucking cord. Uh, I have three vocal cords. I don't know if you're aware of that. I've got a third one. That's how, that's how you be a podcaster. You got to have a third. A lot of people are out there and they write me. They're like, dude, how can I become a podcaster? And, uh, and this, is, this is not even a joke. Some of you may know this because you're still listeners and I apologize because I'm going to out your, your personal business. There are people who write me and they're like, dude, started a podcast, man. I'm trying to get people to listen. I'm trying to get, you know, be popular. I want, I want to know how to, how to do it. And I'm like, but I don't fucking know. I barely know. I don't have any idea. I'm literally, I'm now inhaling duck cancer to bring you this fucking show. I have no concept of how to succeed in this business. However, what I write them, and this is usually what I write them, and you can attest to this, people have listened, uh, or people who've received these letters, please go ahead and write it on the Joker's page, or even, and even print the email if you'd like. But I'll write people back, and I'll be like, uh, you know, hey, or, you know, whatever your name is. And uh, oftentimes I'll just say, hey, no, incorrect. I'll say, well, I, it's just hey, because it's a form letter. I farmed this all out to Korea so long ago. Right now, and it's the North Koreans. I didn't even go to the South Koreans. I went right to the North Koreans. They go, you guys handle email business? And they said, hey, hold on. Our our leader's out shooting 16 holes in one in a row. And then he's rattling his saber and threatening your fat president. I'm like, well, if you got anybody who can handle some email business for me, they go, oh, well, we definitely do. Uh, And I say, well, did you want me to pay them? They go, ha, 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 ha. Hilarious. Uh, do you have any duck smells you could send over so they could smell what food kind of tastes like? And I'm like, of course, I've got plenty of it. I'm coated in it right the fuck now. Jesus fucking Christ, I'm coated in duck skin and I hate it. Uh, all right, so here's the deal. I I, uh, I farmed out these emails to people because it's on the thing. It says right on the email. People are like, I want to get famous. I want to get. I want to have a show that people like. And uh, I will be like, hey, your name here. And then I will literally just write Jimmy Pardo, Joe Rogan, Doug Benson, Scott Aukerman, and, and, and this was before serial and all that bullshit, Mark Marin. I mean, I just, I name all these names, uh, Doug Stanhope. And I, I just, and then at the end, and then I'll just have this list of like 10 names. And then I go, that is your competition. That is who you are hoping to get, uh, you know, some traction, some space, uh, with you want people to listen to your show instead of that. I go, look, no offense. You're, you're two dudes in a garage in Maine talking about how you don't like certain ice creams. I mean, I, you've got to really, that's a niche. So if you're doing this, don't do it because you want to be famous or you think you're going to make some goddamn money because guess what? The explosion has happened. They now sell the podcasting equipment at Best Buy, not because all the good people need podcasting equipment, all right? They sell podcasting equipment at Best Buy with a sign that says podcasting equipment because just in case Junior happens by with his mom and goes, you know what? I wanted to talk to the world once and she buys him a microphone and hey, guess what? There's another name to put on the list of your goddamn competition. And yet, guess what? He also doesn't like the same ice cream you like in Maine. Oh, that's a tough fight. So you now you got to compete with fucking Junior and his mom who just bought something at the Best Buy as they tell people that they don't like fucking rum raisin. Good luck to you. But you, you, but you then you write me and you're like, hey, I want to get people to go ahead and listen to me. And again, you've now heard 22 minutes of this garbage. Do you really think I have any idea what anybody wants to listen to? I've spent a lot of time here talking to this fucking duck slaughterer over the past couple of days. And he's picking my brain about podcasts and we're talking and we're doing this. And he's, and he's uh, you know, I, you know me. I'm in a challenging spot at this point. Right now, I'm all spun up in my fucking head that nobody wants to hear me talk or nobody cares. There's so many voices in the void. Why should mine matter? And he, to his credit, has been very nice to me and held my hand through the whole fucking thing and just said, hey, look, first of all, I don't know why you fuck you came here to bitch but second of all 
here's the deal. And he says, well, we want to listen to you. We need to, we, we like to hear your life. We're involved or whatever. And, and you bring something to it that nobody else does. And, uh, and I'm like, yes, shame and woe. Of course, nobody, nobody thought to put out that podcast until I happened along 10 years ago and went, you know what? This country, because everybody was doing shock and awe. Back then, everybody's doing shock and awe. I stagger in and I go, you know what? How about shame and woe? And look at me cornering the goddamn market until two motherfuckers in Maine there their mom into a goddamn fucking radio shack. And when we also are shameful and we also are woeful. Fuck you, man. Step off, Maine. Go have some rum raisin and leave me the fuck alone. Uh, this show solely completes with Maine. That, that competes with Maine. That's all. That's the only. All podcasting only competes with Maine. There are no other states. I don't know if you're that every every podcasting network because the tax laws are so and because there's so much money to make. The tax laws are so lax. Tax laws are so lax in Maine that people they flock there. That, that whole country is my friend Jane Lear and podcasters. That's all that Maine has. I just called Maine a country. Um, see, this is a problem. This, this is the thing Max will tell me. He's like. Hey, uh, you know, you talk fast a lot and you're starting to miss more things. And I'm like, thanks, friend of 35 years. <laughs> thanks, man. That's awesome. I, I'm glad I mispronounced one word in a two and a half hour show. And it was the one thing that hit you in the face like the alien jumping out of John Hurt's stomach. Uh, but he means well. Because <laughs> don't think I don't know it. Believe me, I, 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 I dude, I did the sound check. This is, not, this is totally not a lie. I was doing the sound check for this show as I sat at this uh, kitchen table amidst this duck death. And I said, all right. And I started talking. And I said, look at the red lines and the blue lines, and the red lines are just pussing along with the blue. I said, pussing along. I don't know what that meant. I don't know what it meant. I don't even know what I meant to say. I think I meant to say pulsing, but uh, at soundcheck, the L's don't register. They never register, and that's always a problem. So then I, when I do the real show, I'm praying to God that the L's come through. Uh, have the L's come through? You must tell me. That's what, look, all right, I'm just going to tell you, that's the reason I said loon instead of a different bird. I had to make sure that the L's were working, so I went with a loon early on. I said, you know what? Bring that loon to bear early in the show because that's going to hook them in. And then you also get the double duty of finding out if the L's are working because, oh, there's nothing worse than the L's are working. L's have gone on strike. It's not, you know, that's the thing. I try to employ the L's and the L's are like, no. And I, I don't know if you heard this, by the way, not in, in, in that same vein. There's unrest in the forest. Were you aware of that? <laughs> There's trouble with the trees. I just heard this. Uh, apparently, the maples want more sunlight, and the oak refuse their pleas. And I call the oak uh, the oak instead of the oaks. I make them one monolith because, you know what? Fuck, there's not individual oaks. That's all of the oaks working together as one. I call them the oak, the mighty oak. And they are thwarting the maples. But soon, I can tell you this right now, soon, all of those trees are going to be equal. I don't want to say how. I don't want to say when. But eventually, the oak and the maple will find themselves on an equal footing. Fuck, I'm just going to tell you, there's three reasons that these guys are going to be fucking found out. These are, there are three reasons why the maples and the oak are eventually going to realize that they, have, they, they, they should just share common ground. Share the forest, because eventually, someone, it's going to come along. There's a re, there are three reasons why they're going to be equal moving forward. Can you guess what they are? I like to use the anagram ash. Um, and I don't mean a fire. Nobody's going to burn that forest down. There's an anagram ash. If you break it apart and you go, all right, this is uh, maybe not in that order, but still at the same time, it, inv- it, it exists. All right. So, or Shah. <laughs> so here's the thing. I'm on the road. I'm now, I'm covered in filth, duck filth, which is awful. This, I'm not even joking. It is this, the atmosphere in this house right now. It's as if I was standing bet- there, like I was, there was a fan or a propeller between me and this person and he lobbed a duck into it. <laughs> And it was, it was just, I'm covered in it. I'm covered in duck detritus. 
which uh, which is my favorite show with racist hillbillies who sell duck calls or whatever the fuck they sell. Who are those assholes? Are they still around? Like, remember when that guy was going to, like, run for governor or some bullshit? They're all, and the thing is, like, they show those guys and weren't, I think, truthfully, weren't they in, like, the Morbin Tabernacle Choir and then they smelled money? So then they grew long beards and they moved to Louisiana. Isn't that their fucking story? They're just, they're assholes, right? And then they, somehow they get a show called Duck, uh, well, I called it Duck Detritus, which, of course, as we all know, is not the name of the show because nobody on that fucking show knows what Detritus means or could fucking pronounce it uh they went with dynasty only because they were just like oh okay well this is like a family of brothers name i i'm embarrassed i know his name is like phil robertson robertson or robinson uh and then he didn't give some speech where he's like uh hey man buttholes aren't for licking or whatever the fuck which is you know a a nice way of him saying i'm on your side jesus which is not a nice way of saying anything at all and i got news for you if you talk to jesus he might be down with the butthole licking. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. And I don't want to look. You might believe in Jesus and all that other fucking puffery and puff the magic dragon and other uh, floaty guys in your comic book and your uh, Exodus 11 or whatever the fuck. Um, but if you believe that, then I can believe that my Jesus eats ass. I mean, that's all I'm telling you right now. You can believe your Jesus walks around. and uh, I, It was funny. I just read this thing online. Um, this is truthfully from the Bible. And I'm going to fuck it up because I don't know. because they Also, because the Bible is written so poorly. I mean, it is just... <laughs> Quit begatting one another. All right, can we do that? Can I ask you guys to put a fucking handle on the begatting? Stop begatting, you fucks. Everybody's begatting this and begatting that. And that, you know, that, that just sounds like bad jazz to me. You know, begat, 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 begat. It just sounds like bad scat is what it sounds like to me. Uh, and oh, plenty of scat in the Bible too. Jesus, again, when he's looking butthole. He's got to get a fucking, he's got to get a nugget in there every once in a while, right? Little scat action. I hate scat. I don't like scat porn. We talked about this. I don't like babies. I don't like adult babies. I don't like uh, uh, diaper play. Uh, I don't mind breath play. Um, how weird is that to tell you that in the middle of the show? Uh, I like a lot of stuff. All right, so here's the point. What were we talking about? Oh, oh, this thing I read about in the goddamn Bible. Somebody tweeted something, and then Jake Tapper from CNN liked to upbraid him. Oh, it was a it was a pastor. All right, and we ta- as we cleared up last week, all pastors are doughy and need to get their ass kicked. Um, and by the way, that doesn't count the pastor who wrote me to say he wasn't doughy. <laughs> and that's not even a joke. I got a letter. I, I should even just read the headline of it. Where, where the fuck is it? I got to open. Hold on. Did I close that? I'm, I, uh, I can't sign in again. Yeah, fuck that. Never mind. Uh, but it literally is like, oh, not all pastors are doughy with like four exclamation points. And I'm like, hmm, me thinks those fat fingers doth protest too much there, doughy. Because uh, if you have to put four exclamation points, you're a doughy motherfucker, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, or your finger's so fat you couldn't take it off the one fast enough and it just blurted out a bunch of fucking exclamation points. That's a lie. He's our friend. He's a pastor who listens to the show forever. I always, because I always talk, like I'll do a fucking thing. I'll talk about cops and how mean they are or whatever the fuck. And I forget. I got guys like Lou and like real cop listeners who write me and they're like, yep, yeah, I'm uh, still listening. Still a cop. Uh, still love you. And I'm just like, yeah, I know you do. And I love you too. That's great. But I, I got opinions about stuff sometimes and it happens. Um, but as I said, it's a voice in the void. Who the fuck cares about my voice? Nobody wants to listen to my goddamn voice. But then as I'm convinced over here uh, by the duck whisperer slash murderer, everything's okay and people love me. So I'm like, all right, well, good. That's news. That's perfect. That's what I wanted to hear. Uh, so Jake Tapper, this pastor wrote something, uh, Stormy Daniels, if you don't know who Stormy Daniels is, uh, she's the uh, big titted blonde slash human pincushion who fucked Donald Trump at some point. Uh, and I say human pincushion in a really lovely, nice way. I mean, go to Pornhub. She's getting stuck in all the time. There's always, she's an input girl. There's nothing wrong with that. Be three inputs, Stormy. I love you. Make all the money you fucking can. The best part about Stormy Daniels to me is on Twitter, guys will write her and they'll be like, you fucking baggy ass whore. And she's just like, all right, man, join my fan club. <laughs> 
Like she's she gives no fucks about these assholes. She doesn't care about them talking shit because they're all because I and here's the thing. Truthfully, if you are a porn star, you've made choices. If you're a successful porn star, you've fucking staggered through and fought through and made it. And nobody anything anything anybody says is going to hurt you in any way. You've you've got to be you've got to have the thickest skin in the goddamn world. I, I mean, just to be a successful porn star and be out there in social media. I mean, I think I'm, I'm bad. I'm getting letters from one rogue pastor telling me to shut the fuck up. Meanwhile, Stormy Daniels has got every fucking idiot in the world calling her a whore or a Jezebel or whatever the fuck. And honestly, I gotta be, if you call, if you call somebody a Jezebel, just jump off a cliff at that point. I don't, I don't know. Cause again, you know who you are. You're a character from fat fucker at the bottom of a bog. That's what you are. That half the verse is about you. You fucking weird ass character from a fucking Faulkner novel. Jesus Christ. Why I never declare this Jezebel. Oh my God. Learn how to pronounce words with the proper amount of syllables. Quit stretching out your ease. You fuck Jezebel. Shut up. God damn. Go, go jump into a wood chipper. Preferably with it between me and the duck killer so that I get covered in that too because I am so fucking gross right now. All right. Uh, yeah, this show it looks loud. The blue lines look loud. All right. I, I told myself I wasn't going to comment on that this year, but right now I'm literally in a darkened room with nothing to look at but the fucking laptop. Um, so so here's the thing. Uh, Stormy, <laughs> Stormy Daniels? Oh, the pastor. Fuck, this guy on Twitter. He writes... Uh, He's like, you know, even at the end of the day, Stormy Daniels, President Trump is still the president, and Stormy Daniels is a hooker. And uh, and look, here's the thing. We all know that that guy's a joke. He believes in a comic book. He's fleecing hillbillies for their money so he can buy his alligator shoes and whatever the fuck else he does. He's touching altar boys slash girls, whatever the fuck he does with his life. Because all he's doing, because all those guys, anybody who comes to you with that bullshit ghost story and tells you the world is ending and please send money to me, it's all, they're charlatans. And, uh, and oh, I apologize. If, if you're sending money to those guys, you have no fucking clue what that word means because it has four fucking syllables in it. I apologize. They're dicks. How about that? They're, they're just fucking dicks. Don't send your money to any guy in a fancy suit who goes, hey, these people are Jesus. Oh, my God. Shut up. Shut up. Anybody who talks like they're sinking in quicksand, fuck them. This Jezebel. Oh, my God. This, this Jezebel has more integrity uh, fucked into her than you have your entire goddamn life. Um, so this motherfucker writes, you know, he's still a president and And uh, so then Jake Tapper answers him. And in that instance, those guys don't understand subtlety. You can't exactly go, point of parliamentary procedure, pastor. I beg to differ because uh, when the election, uh, nobody gives a fuck about your erudite answer. All you can say to that guy is fuck you in the mouth. Literally, that's the only thing that guy's going to understand. Fuck you in the mouth with a goddamn fleshy foreskin crucifix, you fuck. That's all you got to say to that guy. He'll understand that. And it's better if it comes from the fuck you. Uh, but Jake Tapper, however, he, he has delusions of grandeur on Twitter. <laughs> he aspires to be a better man than that. And that's not why Pearl Jam wrote that song, Jake. Holster your instincts when you're dealing with this fuckhead. But no. So then Jake Tapper writes this Bible verse. And, it's, and essentially, here's the Bible verse. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to paraphrase it because I can't remember it, of course. Uh, so at some point, there could be lightning. Although I've been told statistically, lightning will not hit me as long as I'm next to the guy who killed a duck. Um... So here's this, this Jake Tapper writes, and again, it's like, 
Ecclesiastes 4. I don't, I don't fucking know. Get a chapter that makes sense, okay? Quit, quit ascribing names to guys with subchapters and subdivides and pyramids. I don't give a shit about your pyramids and who owns a slave and a nail through the year and all that other bullshit. Nobody cares, man. I don't, I don't want, just get to the fucking meat of it. Just give me Jesus fucking turning fish into food for everybody in the goddamn house. Give me that, give me my mom's velvet tapestry of the fucking last supper. That's all I care about. That's all I need to know about with Judas painted just a little darker than everybody else. So you grow up knowing that minorities are the evil ones. Jake Tapper writes this guy, and here's the here's the parable. This is a, this is literally a story from the Bible. Now he wrote it in Bible language, so it was all then begat forsooth, and then uh, whatever the fuck. Apparently, Jesus is in some guy's house, and uh, and a hooker shows up, which is, by the way, can't be a coincidence because at that point Jesus is 31 years old or 33 or whatever the fuck. I know he's 31 when this happens because he gets killed when he's 33, right? He's 31 when this happens, so he's still he's still banging around. Why not? He's not married. Uh, we already know he's hanging around with a prostitute all the fucking time. And, and also, even if he's not banging around, these are fucking, they, he runs in these circles. He runs with prostitutes. Fucking, uh, uh, who's, who's the chick? Fucking uh, Maid Marian? Who the fuck is the, who's the fucking hooker that Jesus hung out with? Um, I don't know how to love him. I, I know, I know after <laughs> Jesus Christ, superstar. I know what you, you know what? I apologize. It's Yvonne Element. That's exactly who he was hanging out with. So Jesus is hanging out with this hooker, Yvonne Element. All right. So that's the circles he runs in. So this parable Jake Tapper comes up with is Jesus is like, he's hanging at the guy's house and hooker shows up and she walks in and she's like, oh my God, you're the Jesus. Because, uh, you know, Jesus doesn't have enough of a fucking ego at this point. So she's like, you're the Jesus. And by the way, as we all know, don't fuck with the Jesus. <laughs> so uh, Jesus stands up, licks a bowling ball, and then he fucking, he pulls this, he pulls out a divinity ride and he pulls the trigger on it until it goes click. And then he sits down, but apparently this chick walks into this dude's house. First of all, and this guy's got, he's hosting Jesus for like a dinner party or whatever the fuck. Hooker walks in and uh, he looks at her crossly. Like, I don't know how this, and else he tries to pretend in front of Jesus because we know Jesus is the guy. And he's like, I don't know how this hooker got here. Oh my God, that's astonishing. Uh, so Jesus is sitting there and then this hooker walks in. She goes, yo, oh my God, you're the Jesus. And then she like hits her knees, which pretty standard hooker position and, and move at that point. But she... Uh, she starts crying and weeping because Jesus is there and she cries all over his feet. And then she, uh, she washes his feet with her hair, which is gross. I mean, uh, let's face it, man. She's got it. She's been getting a fucking cum shampoo for years and years from guys on the side of the road, but just kept it lustrous and beautiful. Certainly her hair is gorgeous. She doesn't look filthy and dirty like the Thompson twins chick. She's looking fucking fine, but she comes in, hits her knees, sobs all over Jesus's feet and then goes, Oh my God, I've, I've soiled the feet of the Jesus. And then literally takes her hair. And by the way, how long is her fucking hair? That's fucking weird and awkward. Right? And if you're Jesus, that's happening. She comes and she cries on your feet and then she takes the hair and uh, it's got to be super long because if this, is, this isn't fucking Mia Farrow and Rosemary's baby because then that's a weird ass dry job because she's just bent over and like scrubbing her head into your fucking feet and then the whole thing becomes a weird sex position on page 11 of the Joy of Sex. It just, it just makes no sense. Uh... And then the hooker invents a hair job, you know what I mean, when she's crying on guys' feet. Because that's the thing. It's like, Jesus, she's pretending like it's because he's the Savior. She's probably expecting a couple of shekels out of this. She probably thinks Jesus gets off on this sort of thing because she talked to fucking Yvonne Elliman. So Jesus is there. This chick cries on his feet. She takes her hair, and then she buffs out and washes his fucking feet with the whatever. And the guy who owns the house, still pretending he doesn't know who this hooker is, kind of walks over, and he's just like, oh, whatever the fuck are you doing? I can't believe it. Get out of my house, hooker. 
And uh, Jesus looks, and of course, because Jesus is Jesus, and he's the good guy in the book. So he's, he didn't, look, because what probably happened was Jesus went, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Well, you can take us both off first before you take off here. Here, take, here's a coin with my face on it. Um, was Jesus on money? I don't even know if Jesus was on money. I know he, he kicked the guys out of the temple who had all of his money, uh, or the money lenders, right? He, he booted the money lenders from the temple. Uh, by the way, I saw the money lenders up for the chain smokers in Vegas. Great show. It's terrific. Oh my God. The money lenders are great. Uh, like that tattoo on your shoulder. All right. Uh, so the fucking, he boots the money lenders out of the temple, but there are, there are coins with his face on it. That's how Jesus dealt with it. That's how he did business. He had fucking coins with his face on it and he'd hand you one and he was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. It's like, you ever go like to Chuck E. Cheese and you get the fucking tokens to play the games. And there's the, like the, the bear who plays drums. That's like Jesus. He's, he had his own face on his own coins. It's his own kind of money. It's his own currency. Because Jesus, honestly, he didn't plan on being king of the Jews. He planned on having an island he was going to call Jesus Town. And then hit the money with his face on it would have been currency. So when he's throwing you a coin, what he's really saying is, hey, man, come on over to Jesus Town and buy some trinkets. I got plenty. Uh, but instead, so she buffs out his fucking feet. She washes the tears off with her fucking hair, which is really weird. And then again, the guy who owns the house comes over and he's like, Oh, are you finished? Yes. Are you finished watching Jesus's feet out of here immediately? And then Jesus goes, wait, uh, hold on a second there, brother. Because apparently <laughs> that's how Jesus handles his business. Because Jesus talks like he's in the fucking uh, 1960s musical. He just, he's just like, hey, brother. Uh, he looks at the guy and he says, here's the thing, man. You call her a hooker, right? Uh, and you're, you're, you're casting aspersions on her. But you know what? I've been in your house all fucking day. You didn't offer me a drink. You didn't offer to wash my feet. You didn't offer me any of that garbage. Yeah, I just fucking sat here and you're all rich and you got a big ass temple and I'm a guest in your fucking house and you don't give you don't offer me a fucking sweet tea. You don't say to me, hey, Jesus, you want some oil for your fucking feet that you've been walking around in the dirt all goddamn day? You don't offer me some roast beast? What the fuck is your problem, man? Meanwhile, she walks in here, the lowest of the low, the dirtiest of the dirty, sticky from cum for weeks and weeks, wearing a dress that would make Wilma Flintstone blush. Filthy knees drops right to him, cries, sobs on my feet, washes my hair. And uh, you know what? I, I think I got to say that I think that she's my favorite person here. And you throwing this party, I'm now giving her your house. Get the fuck out, man. And Jesus kicks the guy out of his own house. Fucking not even joking. That was, the, that was I, what I took from what Jake Tapper wrote. And I saw that story. And, I'm, and I, it's supposed to teach you a lesson about pastors and uh, keeping pious and understanding that in the Bible... Jesus was for everybody. Jesus liked hookers. Jesus liked guys who owned houses. Jesus owned like famous athletes. Jesus liked everybody. He, he, he enjoyed, uh, he, he liked the Hebrews. He liked the Jews. I don't know if the Hebrews are in the Bible. I look, I'm, I may be conflagrating this book quite a bit. However, the, the lesson we're supposed to take is that Jesus likes all, all these people and he likes everybody. Now, uh, I read that story and, and I, you know what I take from that story? Jesus is a fucking dick. Like Jesus is an arrogant cock that he thinks, hey man, I'm in your house. Shouldn't you get me something to drink and wash my feet? And, and he sat there. Also another thing, Jesus sat there the whole time a hooker washed his feet with her tears, her fucking tears. He didn't once go, hey, you know what? I get this a lot. You can just just go ahead and back them off, man. I honestly, literally earlier, I had four other hookers come in here and wash my feet with their tears. Thank you for trying, but uh, you don't have to do it. And you know what? You're here at this fancy party. You don't have to wash my feet or suck a cock. Why don't you get a nice Hawaiian roll? Why don't you have a good time at the party? But instead, Jesus sat there 
fucking rock ribbed, stone solid, let her wash his feet with her goddamn tears and then dry it off with her hair. And then thought he was being the good guy by telling the dude who owned the house, hey, hey, easy there, pal. Let's get off the hooker's back who just washed my feet with her hair. And uh, and think about the fact that you should look in the mirror and realize why you didn't wash my feet with your goddamn hair. So the lesson I take away from that is that Jesus is a jerk. Duck Dynasty. I think we were talking about it at one point. No, we were not. Uh, so anyway, Southwest Airlines. Here's the deal. <laughs> I'm supposed to go on Southwest Airlines because I, I wasn't I wasn't that guy. Again, fat shame me. They were so they made me so angry and I I, I dripped it off. I and I fell away from them and I became, as you know, an American Airlines gold flyer. I had status. They loved me. Hello, Mr. Schmidt. Would you like a drink, Mr. Schmidt? Window seat, Mr. Schmidt. Right side of the plane, Mr. Schmidt. How are you, Mr. Schmidt? Oh, no charge for your baggage, Mr. Schmidt. Oh, you'd like to bump up to a different seat, Mr. Schmidt? Absolutely not a charge, Mr. Schmidt. That's what happens when you're a gold-level flyer. They send you a little fucking membership card. It literally says gold-level flyer. Now, carries a lot of weight in American Airlines. Do not try to use it at any other establishment. I did. I often did. Oftentimes, and look, I'm being silly. I knew it was a joke, but I would be more than happy to whip. I sometimes would try to pay for things in a restaurant with my American Airlines gold flyer card. I would tuck it in and the waiter would take it and he'd take a couple of steps and he'd go, oh, I think he gave me the wrong card. And I go, I don't think I did. American Airlines gold level flyer, sir. And and uh, I can tell you this, in the history of that bit, not one waiter enjoyed it. Not one. <laughs> no one chuckled, even, even amusedly. No one even pretended because at that point, again, Food's over. Check's been delivered. They don't have to be nice to me anymore. They don't have to pretend that I'm interesting or funny. So uh, they would just literally make that withering face like, you know what, man? I've got an audition for Scope in the morning. Why the fuck are you being a jagoff? I've got to go read a one-line script that says, mmm, minty, into a mirror for four hours tonight so I'm ready to do it in the goddamn morning. I, and, and look, I smell like cooking. My feet hurt. And I've got to go home and drink an entire bottle of scope because I'm a method actor and I got to know what it feels like. So take your fucking gold level flyer card and give me a fucking visa, you dick. And uh, oftentimes I did. Sometimes I just ran out. I said, I won't lie to you. Sometimes I said incorrect and I would leap into the fucking abyss and I would hop onto a passing car like Batman on a roof and I would be taken away with fucking unpaid tacos in my wake. <laughs> what if I was that kind of hero? What if, what, if, what if I became a superhero, but I did it to just steal meals all over the world? How great would that be? Holy shit. I just fucking show up. I eat a meal and I just like, and I would have this, I just fucking, I got like, because look, at this point you got to go, you got to commit to the whole thing. So I got the napkin tucked into my shirt, like the fat guy in Monty Python. And I just pull it out and I just dab at the corners of my mouth. <laughs> Excellent fare. Please, my compliments to the chef. And then the waiter would say, well, terrific. However, you can pay your compliments via tip when you pay the bill. And I'd say, the bill, mon frere? And then I, my power of invisibility would cloak me and I would sashay out of the restaurant with a smirk on my face. And I don't care what superpower you give me. I would still use it to steal food. That's what I would do. The gift of flight. I would literally just fly. I would just fly out of my seat straight through the ceiling and leave a me-shaped hole. And they looked up and went, oh my God, who was that? What do you mean, who was that? That was the food stealer. Invisibility. I snap my fingers. I'm gone. I walk out. I cut, touch a couple of tits and I fucking go out into the street. Uh, no, me too, me. I wouldn't touch anybody's tits unless I brought a date. But I, and then I got to make her invisible. Oh, better yet. Oh, what if I became like a weird Tinder superhero who set up dates and then ordered a bunch of food and then turned invisible and made the woman pay? Oh, what a jag off. 
The super heel who makes women pay for his food because of his cloak of invisibility. I got to think outside the box with these superhero powers. I could probably fight the Russians or something, but no. Instead, I must seal a cedar salad. I could steal it too instead of sealing it. Ah, uh, fuck. Anybody see my tea? Um, Southwest Airlines doesn't want me to fly. At least they did in the beginning. You know, again, I'm fat. But now they bring me back into the fold, uh, which is ironic because when you're that fat, you can't fold anything. Uh, but I, the reason I started flying Southwest again was because as we all know, I was involved in a relationship with the lovely Jill and Jill lived in Milwaukee. And it turned out there was a Burbank to Milwaukee straight shot and a Milwaukee to Burbank straight shot. And I was like, well, she's like, well, I can fly that. And then I said, well, I can, you know what, actually, um, because those were the days when I couldn't wait to see her. So I didn't even want to spend like one hour at an, at a, at a fucking like where I wanted to land somewhere else and just, and, and kill any time. No, I needed, I needed to get to fucking Wisconsin immediately. So, so like <laughs> to the point where when I would land, we would deplane and I would see her and I would run like in a cartoon, my clothes would still be in the air when I would run it. I would just really sprint at her and then scoop her up. And, uh, and I, I'll tell you what, I could have used the cloak of visibility there because I'm naked running to the airport in Milwaukee with a fucking hot girl thrown over my shoulders, but I don't care. I didn't fucking care. I didn't care who knew what anything at that point uh i just i'd scurry into the huge cockpit of the the plane that they have on display in the lobby and we just go to work uh that didn't happen we never had sex in an airport did we no we didn't have sex in an airport um we had sex in an airplane once hey all right so let me take a sip of water and let you marinate on that for just a second (sighs) i had to do that so you heard it to prove i drink water um so I embraced Southwest Airlines because they had this straight shot to, to Jill. And, uh, and so then they, they kind of, I got on their mailing list and then we got the companion pass. We started traveling together and, and, and all that stuff. Well, and, and then they just kind of stuck with me because I realized that I actually enjoyed them as an airline. They're, they're, they, this will sound stupid because especially with the experience that I had had before where they booted me off the fucking plane, they actually kind of seem like they care about the customer a little bit. And I don't mean they care like, you know, I, they'll wet nurse your fucking kid. But, but what I mean is they care like you can cancel a flight the day of and they don't charge you. Uh, you can cancel up to 10 minutes before you get on the fucking plane and they don't charge you. And you've got a credit online for that amount. So you can just reschedule the flight later. Uh, also, when you're on the plane, they're the only one that still gives you food that you don't have to pay for. Now, granted, it's a, it's. Uh, a fucking, uh, uh, hey, it's a, it's an, a jewel heist sized envelope of peanuts. I mean, it's, it's totally shrimpy. Um, it, it is so few peanuts that if you had a peanut allergy, you could eat this amount of peanuts safely and not be affected. That's, that's the amount they give you. Uh, and then they'll have pretzels. And I've talked about it before. They got plenty of crunchies. Other, they got other crunchies. They got pretzels and peanuts. Now, sometimes you run into a fucking of a guy named Steel who won't share his crunchies with you. That fuck, that fuck. Don't think I've forgotten about that, you fuck. Uh, however, uh, they're, but they, so they give you food they, and you can pick your own seat. And uh, da, da. Well, but so here's the thing. A couple of weeks ago, they sent me, this is in February, by the way. They sent me a note and it says, hey, Mike, because we're on a first name basis. I go, hey, South. And they said, uh, here's the deal, man. We wanted to possibly uh, make you A-list. And I said, well, that would be great. And they go, we're doing it. Done. You're A-list, man. Forget it. Here's the deal. You're A-list until April 30th. Now, if you can complete six flights between now, February 11th, and April 30th. Now, that's not six round-trip flights. That's three round-trip flights or six individual one-way flights. So technically, if I wanted to, I could fly from Los Angeles to San Francisco, San Francisco to Denver. 
I mean, hold on a second. I was going to do, can't do the math on the fly here in the dark. Los Angeles to San Francisco, San Francisco to Denver, Denver to Chicago, Chicago to fucking Fort Myers, Florida. I could fly from Fort Myers, Florida to Atlanta and then back to Los Angeles. I could do that in fucking three days. I'm, I'm covered. I'm A-list at that point. Uh, seems like a circuitous route, not one that I'd like to undertake, but still, I could have done it. So in my head, I started to grind my gears. I started to think to myself, "Mm, what can I do here? How can I get this achieved? Now, I knew I had two flights coming up to and from Arizona for spring training. I said, all right, there's two. That's locked down. I got that square. All I got to do is book four more flights. Not four round-trip flights, mind you, four individual flights, which means I could fly from Los Angeles to San Francisco, San Francisco to Denver. (laughs) I I can't even fucking say it. Uh, Denver to Fort Myers, Florida, Fort Myers, Florida to Atlanta, and then I'm, I'm stuck in Atlanta. I don't even get home. I got to buy another ticket at that fucking point. However, but on that flight home, I would be motherfucking A-list because I've already fulfilled my burden. Uh, so I got to get these four flights. So in my head, I was like, well, fuck. I called Dennis. I called Evil Dennis in Denver. And I'm like, hey, uh, are you around, man? Like, I, what are you doing in fucking March? Uh, after spring training, he's like, oh, man, why? I, I, I want to come hang out. Well, let's come. We'll fucking, we'll have a fun. And he's like, yeah, man, come on over. He goes, the thing is, though, after spring training, I'm in Vegas for two days, and then I'm home for a day, and then I'm in Buenos Aires for a month. And uh, I, so, I, I, so I'm like, am I supposed to fly in for an hour? Like, what the fuck? How does that work on my schedule? Like, I mean, because he's not thinking about me. He's thinking about his fucking schedule. And uh, and also, I didn't know Dennis was a gaucho. I had no fucking idea Dennis was a gaucho. But apparently, he's going over there to lead a cattle drive and uh, and get some tenderized uh, beef and some uh, pamerico pork. Or what is that? What's, what's the big fancy pork? Uh, I don't know. They make a tasso ham out of it. Pomerico, I think it is. Uh, actually, Pomerico is what happens when your Pomeranian becomes a citizen. That's, that's You take it to go ahead and read studies. It studies so long. And it's just because every Pomeranian wants to be a Pomerico. Oh, my God. They're just within their little tiny bark and heart. They're like, I can't wait to read the oath and just and bark out the national anthem because they give them the questions. And I'll tell you what, if you ever had a and please. So bear witness to this in your heart. Have a soft spot for these Pomeranians trying to become Pomericos because oftentimes you'll be on the street and a Pomeranian comes up and barking. You think it's just barking, being friendly. It's asking you for the history of Jefferson Davis. Please educate that Pomeranian because it wants to become a Pomerico and it wants to salute the flag with you. It wants to stand alongside you on the National Anthem Day or, or the 4th of July, whatever they're calling it these days. <laughs> you know, the National Anthem Day, which is every day now, apparently. No, it's actually every Sunday from September through January is now National Anthem Day. And don't you dare fucking kneel because they're coming for you. Oh, yeah, they'll make sure that you fucking respect the song. Uh respect the song god damn play carl lewis singing the song that's what you should fuck you know what fuck quit militarizing sporting events quit fetishizing fucking the national anthem and all that bullshit i can't i can't even talk about this i don't want to i shouldn't i can't i won't southwest airlines tells me they're like dude book these six flights man become an a-lister and look as we know as indicated by the emails i receive from filthy podcasters all over this world of ours I'm clearly an A-lister. There's already no doubt in the podcasting world, I am A-fucking-list. A-frame, Roy Choi's restaurant's got nothing on me, motherfucker. You must take the A-train, nothing on A-list, baby. That is me. I'm talking A. I'm talking, if you you know what? If you went to the fucking baseball encyclopedia and you're like, who's the first name? And you'd be like, oh my God, I think it's David Ardsma because he's he's passed to Hank Aaron because double A's with an R and then an O and then the D comes before the fucking O. Uh, but, uh, but later on, once you get through, Unless, wait, I guess the hyphen would come before that, wouldn't it? A hyphen list? Am I a hyphen list or just a list? There's no hyphen, right? Uh, I'm sorry, you got to take eight flights in order to get the hyphen. God damn it. 
Why didn't they tell me that initially? I would have gone ahead and gotten the hyphen. You know I love punctuation in my fucking titles. Uh, that's, why, that's why I'm Mr. California with a hyphen. Um, that's what Jill friends, Jill's friends used to call me, Mr. Cal. I just thought about that the other day. Jill's friends used to call me Mr. California, and uh, I can't imagine what they call me now. <laughs> Holy shit! I can't imagine the stories that have flown around Peyton Place, Grafton, Wisconsin High School about me and my terrible fucking deeds. Oh yeah, one time. Oh my god, one time. This is unbelievable. You know, we flew together on Southwest. We had a companion pass, which was great. And we had sex on that airplane. Don't ask. But then we landed and we went to a restaurant. And uh, it was a delicious meal. It was wonderful. We were, in a, we were out and it was because we'd never been to Baltimore. So we drove down there from Philadelphia. We're enjoying a fine meal. And then the check comes. Mike's nowhere to be seen. Completely disappears. Almost as if he had a cloak of invisibility. <laughs> I had to pay that fucking check, that asshole. And next thing you know, he's outside as if nothing happened. But I loved him. Uh, and that's, how, that's exactly how you guys describe the show to people, I'm sure. After 10 years, I still listen to this idiot. Why? I, I can't explain it. He, he woe his knees. He fucking does shows from his car. He's talking to Saudi Arabian people into a fucking phone. He's staring at lawns. He does a show from an airport. And then he spends half the time telling you he's not good or interesting or funny. Why would I ever tune into this guy? Because I love him. There's nothing I can do about it. I can only hope to invite him to my house so I could cook something offensive just before he records. Oh my God, that's a dream of mine. Um, all right, so I should tell you this probably. Uh, so I'm on the road is my point, folks. And I'm, I'm now, I'm now three-sixths of the way to A-list. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm going to call that one half. I'm one half of the way to A-list. That's who you're listening to. Now, I got to be honest with you. I shouldn't tell you that because it takes the shine off me. Because you're probably thinking to yourself all this time, you're like, well, Mike's probably an A-list flyer, and I'm sure it will make you enjoy the show even less. But at least you got some enjoyment out of the first 54 minutes of this motherfucker thinking that I was an A-list cat. Uh, but I, I will tell you this, I will soon be A-list, because guess what? I'm doing this again, where I'm fine. To, I, cause, all right, so here's, I shouldn't even tell you this. I'm three-sixths of the way there because I made a flight. I did the two flights to Arizona, and I had a flight here. I didn't even cover that, why I, my, I did this or where I am. Folks, here's where I am. Uh, once I found out that I could do the flights, like I said, I called Evil Dennis, and he's like, I'm going to fucking Argentina to be a gaucho. I'm like, well, fuck that. I can't do it. So then I thought to myself, because here's the thing. I, I wanted to game the system a little bit. I actually considered just flying to San Francisco and flying the fuck home because it's you know 98 bucks round trip because A-list is worth it because I got a bunch of trips coming up later in the year. I don't know if you've heard this. I've got shows on both coasts. <laughs> Stick around, folks. Um, so I, I, I thought to myself, well, I should do this or I should go there or perhaps this will happen. Uh, and, and then as I've threatened on this show many times, I'm like, well, like when Justin came to town, when Justin came to, sh uh, you know, uh, LA and then I he was like, Hey, you want to record a show like in my room? And I was like, this is a weird way of asking to suck my cock, but I mean, all right, that's fine. Um, I'm teasing. Justin's got a lovely, uh, live in girlfriend who's wonderful. And it might be a wife. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Quite, I know her first name, but I don't know if her last name matches his name. Not that that matters anymore. Don't take anybody's name. That's another thing. Ladies, go ahead and stand up for yourselves. Keep your fucking last name. D don't, you don't need to become a fucking, a Groberson. If you're a schnitzel Grober, be a schnitzel Grober. Isn't that, wasn't that Hitler's name? Yeah, I think it was pretty close. He's a schnitzel Gruber. Actually, no, that's what Trump said. He goes, yeah, man, I just, you grab him by the schnitzel. You're a schnitzel Gruber. You do anything if you're famous. <laughs> Billy Bush cackling into his fucking sleeve. And then he does fucking... Billy, I saw Billy Bush on TV like moaning about his job. Isn't he part of the Bush consortium? Like, doesn't he get their money when they die? Whose kid is he? Is he... Is he... Because again, there's George Bush, 
and then there's George W. Bush, and then there's like Barbara Bush, and then there's the two twin chicks, and then but isn't there like some weird off-brand Bush, like a Mexican Bush? Maybe that maybe Billy's related to him and he doesn't get any money, and that's what he's fucking worried about. Um, all right, so I don't know why I fucking spun into that, but here's the deal, folks. I got on a plane, I called around, and I thought to myself, I could, like I said, I could just fly somewhere and fly home, but then. When I did the show for Justin, I said, I like recording where someone's in the room. I enjoy doing that. Like when I was in Toronto and I did a show for, uh, for John and Ken who were there and they were very nice, even though they didn't laugh once, which was fucking very disconcerting. And I will not lie about that. Although I think if you listen to the show, you can hear them kind of snickering in the background. Cause that's the one thing is people are like, dude, I totally want to sit in and record. And I'm like, okay. And it's, then it's like Eric in the in the first eight shows of the series where they won't laugh. Like they just kind of sit there and they're laughing into their sleeve and they're like, and they're like covering their mouth. And I'm like, no laugh. You have to fucking laugh. That's the whole point. The reason I, I could dude, I could do the show in the fucking silence at my house. Believe me, I could talk into a void. And that's one of the reasons why I get all spun up about how nobody cares. But that's the thing. Oh my God, this is totally weird. I'm not joking. The guy who's here, it is pitch black in this house because all the lights are out except for the laptop, which is facing me. So the person who's supposed to be the audience has left the room. Like I, I, oh, you're back. All right. I just saw a light go on in the back of the fucking house. And in my head, I'm like, either somebody's breaking in to kill us or he literally took a powder and fucking, and, and I didn't even see him take a lap. I didn't even see him get the fuck up. And you know, what's also funny. I did, I did the anecdote about nobody laughing while I do the show. And you can hear nobody clearly laughs because he wasn't even at the fucking table. It's so dark, I cannot see him across the way. And also, he likes to keep it dark because the other monks are sleeping. I'm not going to lie. The other monks, it's an early night for them. They've got to turn in and crash. Uh, here's the deal, folks. I, I, I called up this gentleman, and I was like, hey, man, I, you know, I might come to your house. Uh, are you, well, I didn't say I might come to your house. I was like, hey, are you around? It was basically that kind of weird thing uh, where I invited myself to his place. Like I, I, I reached out to him. And it's, look, it's stupid. It shouldn't have been done. It was a foolish thing. And I, I, I'm, I'm apologizing to him now on the air. And I apologize off the air. I'm like, I don't even know why I did this, why I came here. I've up fucking set the apple cart of your life by coming here and doing this goddamn thing. And then of course he goes, uh, I'm happy you're here. I'm glad you came and I want you to fucking record this here. Um, but in reality, I don't think anybody really feels that way. And they're just trying to be nice to me because they don't want to fucking do it. And then eventually when I leave, they'll go ahead and they'll go, Hey, you know, he went to a restaurant. He turned invisible. I mean, there's that'll fucking happen. Um, but I, I called this gentleman because we have a, a, a sort of a relationship and, uh, and I knew he was up here in this area. And so I said, Hey man, are you around like in March or April? He's like, why? I said, well, here's the deal. And I explained the whole fucking thing with Kevin Smith and his skeleton. And, uh, <laughs> that made me laugh. Um, and he was like, well, of course, by all means. I said, well, what I do is I'd like come to your place and maybe hang out and we, I'd record because he had, he had kind of extended an offer. He would like, if I was ever in this area, he would want to, you know, go get something to eat or something. So I took it the other limit. I go, what if I stayed at your house for a week? How about that? Would that be, I, this is what I call upping the ante on lunch. What if I came to your place and just fucking just got naked and hung around and didn't do much of anything else? Oh, you got a job? Go to work. I'll, I'll hold down the fort. That's fine. Don't think I won't be going through all of your dresser drawers, but please enjoy your day at work. As you go to work in the financial district and you hear like peppy music in the background and you don't realize that I'm creepy crawling like fucking Tech Watson through your goddamn house and the Manson family going through every fucking drawer. And then you come home and you're like, uh, why does it say pigs on my wall and blood? Mm. I don't know, but I haven't seen the cat. Uh, <laughs> why, why are the Lobiancas here with forks sticking out of their midsections? Seems weird, right? I don't know how I was able to conjure that up. It's weird enough that I brought Kevin Smith's skull with me. 
But again, that's my superpower, folks. I steal food and I bring you the skulls and the deceased. That's how I do it. Here's Kevin Smith's skull and the dead Lobiancos, who I actually saw them open for Naked Ray Gun in a punk show in Chicago, the dead Lobiancos. Oh, you know, it, it's terrible when your punk band's reference ages out and none of the people in the audience know what you're talking about. <laughs> what a fucking drag. Hey, man, we're the fucking dead Lobiancos. So what? You don't, the, the Fork, the Mansons. So what? He starts spitting on them. I think I just spit. I may have just spit on you. I apologize across the table. Uh, yeah, when, when your punk band's name reference ages out. God, I'm great. I'm really good at this. Uh, especially in the dark. I got a podcast in the dark from now on. This is fantastic. I've done that before, though, however. I've podcasted naked. It's, ten, it's been 10 years. What did you think? The only thing I haven't, I have not had sex while podcasting. I, haven't done, I have not done that yet. It was discussed a couple of times uh, by myself. I just talked to myself about it. Nobody else was involved. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if I ran off a batch while I was doing a goddamn show, if anybody would fucking notice. Uh, and then I, I look, I thought better of it. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, nah, perhaps I am going to lie to you. I didn't think better of it. I just went, nah, don't do that. It wasn't even thinking better. It was like, you fucking sick bastard. Um, but there, I did, but it was on the table a couple of times. All right, so here's the deal. And, and on the bed, ha ha. All right, so. Uh, so I contacted this person. I'm like, Hey man, I don't know what you're doing, like what your life is like. And, uh, I, and he's like, well, man, if you wanted to come up, that'd be fucking cool. And, uh, and I said, well, all right, but do you need to run this by the, the, the special counsel? Do you have to go ahead and run this by the conspiracy people? Do I need to bring a tinfoil hat? How does this fucking work? What do I have to do to gain entry into your compound? Cause I don't want to get fucking correct when I knock on the fucking door and then here you have some druid answer and he stares me down. And then I have to blow the fucking place up. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to zip in on a chemtrail and disrupt all of your whole life. Uh, and he's like, nah, it's, I had a house. It's totally fine. <laughs> I said, all right, well, we'll see. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, I am coming to you live, coming at you live as the band Tesla would talk to you and tell you about, I am coming at you live, ah, coming at you live from, I'm in the Bay area. I can't say where I'm in an undisclosed location. And I can't say who is here because he prefers to perform and build himself under the cloak of anonymity. But I can tell you he is a living, breathing entity. He is a person who somehow had enough money to buy a house in the Bay Area before Facebook and Apple came in and turned it into the goddamn Fort Knox of the world. Uh, and it is, I am at the home of Fearful Jesuit from the Paranoid Strain podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am sitting in his house and I, I will not lie to you. Like, I, you know what? I might do this. If I had my phone, I would, you know, I'm going to do it while I'm on the air. I'm going to take a picture of me broadcasting in the pitch dark with lit up by nothing but the laptop. Hold on. Let's see if that works. By the way, this is really good audio, by the way. Oh, no, the flash went off. Duh, stupid. All right, so. Um, well, the, the, the flash. Now I'm checking. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now I should stop the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing. Uh, see, this is why I'm an A-lister in this business. There's no doubt. About, this is why people all over the country write me and go, hey, man, why don't you do a show? That'd be fantastic. I want to go ahead and be a podcaster. Sure you do. Because I'm, I'm proving to you just how easy it is. Get a microphone and be loud and convince a Jesuit to let you come to his house and broadcast. It's perfect. However, I must inform you that before you broadcast, the Jesuit will perform a sacrifice, animal or human, whatever he has handy. Uh, I'm not joking. He made a fucking duck. He, he, so, all right. So here's the deal. I'm at the, I'm at fearful Jesuits house right now. And as I've mentioned to you folks before, this could be you. 
If you think to yourself, well, you know, Mike, if you're coming to town, I'd love for you to do a show at my compound or my house, and I promise not to cook any frog's legs and fucking befoul your lungs with their disgusting grease, uh, then I might consider you. I might, because you know, I'm, put, I'm putting all cooking on blast. If you want to cook me dinner, that's fine, but do it after the goddamn show. You can't do it beforehand, because he told me. He's like, hey, man, I'm going to chop some vegetables, while, and then you get ready for the show, and then you can record. I go, great. Next thing I know... He's got a fucking cleaver in his hand. He's hacking up a duck carcass and he's dropping it into a fucking deep fryer that would fucking, uh, Wendy's would go, nah, too big. Can't have it. Got to roll it out. Uh, so I, I, and I, and I'm not kidding. It just, it sticks to you. It just, you know, cooked meat, you know, that smell, uh, you know, who would, you know, right now, honestly, for some reason, and he has no idea why Jimmy Pardo's just throwing up. He has no <laughs> idea why. Just because of my tenuous friendship with him and my years of connection, right now he can sonically sense the scent of a murdered duck in Greece, and he's throwing up all over his poor son, Oliver. And that's no good. You don't want that to happen. Poor Oliver's just going, why, Daddy? Why? And, and, and literally between heaves, he's just going, oh, Schmidt, oh, duck. Um, I don't know who throws up like that. You know, you, know, three, you know who throws up like that? Edie McClurg in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's exactly who throws up like that. <laughs> Nine times. Uh, so I'm at Fearful Jesuit's house, man. That's where I'm at. And, uh, and I, this is totally true. Like I said, it's completely dark. It's pitch black. I just took a photo that I'll put up when I'm done talking. Uh, but not only, not only is it completely dark, I got here. Uh, it's now Tuesday night. And I got here Monday, yesterday. I flew in yesterday afternoon. Uh, and he has not removed his shroud. It's the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. Because I'll tell you what, we've actually gone out. Like we went, we went yesterday for sushi. We went to a Safeway. We went to, a, and by the way, you know, when I come to a town, I, I, and I, I even told him, I go, look, if I'm coming to town, I want to eat some really good local food. Like if you got anything that you can tell me about, he's like, dude, we got the best fucking food here. And he goes, I, I got a good sushi place we can go to, but usually there's a long ass line outside. I go, great. And he goes, oh my God. And we've got a terrific barbecue place in town. I said, oh fuck. I love barbecue. He goes, yeah, it's a local place. Probably never heard of it. We're going to go ahead and check it out today. I said, fucking cool. That's awesome. And, and I, go, I usually don't like to eat before a show. He goes, trust me, you're going to love this barbecue so much you're going to be happy you ate it before your show because you just can't find it anywhere. I know down in LA, you got a bunch of barbecue. You got a bunch of places. I know you've been to Austin. I know you went to La Barbecue, which is a fucking wonderful place. You went there on your birthday and it was delicious. I know you've eaten barbecue all over the country. Nay, the world. However, we got a place here that's going to fucking rock you and knock your goddamn barbecue socks off. And I said, how did you know I was wearing barbecue socks? And, uh, and sure enough today, he's like, Hey man, uh, I'm probably going to cook you some dinner. And I was like, well, you don't have to do that. He goes, well, no, I got to feed the monks anyway. So it's just, you're going to, you're going to get the same duck laden gruel they get. Uh, however, I did want to bring you out to that famous barbecue joint that we've got in town. I'm like, well, fuck, I can't wait again. Like I said, he goes, oh my God, legendary, legendary, tasty, legendary, slamming all of, they got all of it there. I said, all right, man, I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. So then uh, he and I this morning, and then I talked to him for 45 minutes in a row about something he could not care less about. And then he took a breath. And then I talked another 45 minutes in a row about something he couldn't care less about. And I will tell you this. I tried to talk and finish thoughts a lot of the times with Fearful Jesuit. Fearful Jesuit, if you've heard the show, the Paranoid Strain podcast available now in iTunes, uh, you can hear it. And you can hear he's got that very uh, mellifluous voice. And I, I should tell you this, by the way, Fearful Jesuit, I did catch a peek of him behind the shroud, and this is completely true. He looks like a fat Kenny Omega. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. Uh, he has no idea who that is, but when he looks it up, he's going to go, oh my God, that's Kenny Omega. And I shouldn't say fat, he looks chubby. Uh, not chubby, he just looks normal. He, you know what? Because I'm fat, but he looks like a normal guy just standing next to me. But I don't know if that's because he's chubby and I'm really fat, or he's just normal and I'm just fat. I can't figure it out. Uh, but I will tell you this, he's the DJ and I'm the rapper, 
Anyway, uh, he's like, we got to go to this fucking famous barbecue joint. It's going to be fucking so good. So I get geeked up, right? I cannot fucking wait to hit this joint. Even though he's like, he's like, I'm cooking dinner for you on, t- on Tuesday night. I go, you don't have to do that. He goes, no, man, I totally want to do it. It's going to be amazing. And like I said, I got to feed all the monks anyway. And I said, well, look, if we're going to this badass barbecue joint, man, that's a lot of food. I just going to probably film it. He goes, I'll tell you what. He goes, you're absolutely going to be filled up. You're going to be so fucking geeked up on that barbecue. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. However, I'm still going to cook. Maybe you could have a little bit. Like I said, I got to feed the monks anyway. But yeah, you're going to love that barbecue. You're going to eat everything on the goddamn menu. You're going to have, you're going to have some of the tastiest, slamminest food you've ever had in your life. I said, I can't wait to experience it. So, uh, and, then, and then she's telling me that on Monday. So I fly in yesterday. Now, here's another thing, by the way. Uh, I invited myself to his house. There's, that's, that, that cannot be disputed. I called him, but I, but I will tell you this. I invited myself after being invited by him where he was like, if you're ever up here, we can get together. That type of deal. And I know, like I said, he was probably thinking about taking me to this unbelievable barbecue joint that's right by his house. Uh, but I was thinking more along the lines of a four day stay. That's what I was thinking. So I'm like, Hey, uh, like, he's like, Hey man, do you like tater tots? Because this place has some slamming tots. I said, that's fantastic. Do you have a washer and dryer? Because I may bring some of my laundry up when I come to visit. He's like, hmm, I don't know if we're on the same wavelength here. Are you planning on getting a lot of sauce all over your clothes from this unbelievable barbecue joint? I said, I don't know if these tots are as slamming as I've heard. Who knows what kind of sauce I'll be slathered in afterwards. And he says, well, I'll tell you what, do you like, do you like a cornbread? Because they got a cornbread muffin that you'll fucking punch your mom in the throat for. I said, dude, that's fucking amazing. Let me ask you this. Do you have four showers I can use? And he said, you know what? I do, as a matter of fact. I go, great. I can't wait to use all of them. And please have a stack of blankets as high as the ceiling as if I were the princess and the pea. Could you have that possibly? So I could go ahead and place a random vegetable underneath and see if I smash it with my crushing weight, which will no doubt increase after I eat this astonishing barbecue you've been bragging about for weeks and weeks. So uh, he said, of course, I can do all of those things. I can have that done. He goes, would you like to go into the coldest basement in America and watch nothing? <laughs> and I said, of course I would. <laughs> what a dick. What a dick. Guy <laughs> lets me stay at his house. <laughs> what a check off. Uh, I'm not kidding. My face hurts from that one. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to go into the coldest basement in America and watch nothing? Oh man, I'm great. Oh Jesus, I'm. Uh, I wish Jesus was here. I'd wash his feet. Oh man, just squirting out of my eyes. All right, so, uh, so I. Uh, <laughs> I, so I say, all right, look, I, you know, I would, I would, it would be fun to come to your place. Maybe I would, I'd love to do it. And, uh, it's a thought I've had where I would actually go to fans houses or listeners houses, friends houses, whatever you want to describe yourself as. And I would record a show and you could sit in on it if you wanted to. And he's like, holy fuck. I absolutely want to do that. I said, all right, good. That, that might be fun. Um, but like, but like I said, I, you know, I, I, I invited myself to his place. I get that. That's that's we can't argue with that. That is an inalienable fact. It cannot be disputed. 
So, uh, so I'm getting ready for the trip. And I, I should say this weekend, I drove like a motherfucker. I had to drive Friday and Saturday because I had to the bonus because I couldn't work on Sunday. Because uh, Sunday I went to New Japan Pro Wrestling, which was fucking amazing. And that's where Kenny Omega is from. He's from New Japan. So if you want to look that up there, Jesuit, you'll be able to see who that is. But, um, but sure enough, man, I, uh, I couldn't work Sunday. So then I had to get ready for the flight and I had to hit the gym. I didn't sleep basically the whole fucking weekend. I didn't sleep. I slept like four hours a night cause I was driving really fucking crazy. And then I went to the wrestling and then I got up and I had to be in the gym at nine. So I had to look, I got to fucking, I got to get a pump in because if I'm, especially if I'm coming to town and meet a stranger, I mean, I can't, I can't come to town without yoked arms, motherfuckers. I don't give a fuck if he's a Jesuit or not. He's still at some point as most listeners do going to ask to feel my arms because I talk a lot about them and there's no way that I can get away from the fact that people want to squeeze them. Every Everybody wants to squeeze my arms. I, this is totally a true story. I'm not even joking. One of the one of the many times Jill and I broke up. Uh, we were we were separated and we were apart for a long time. And then uh, we wound up getting back together. And then I went to her house. And I I mean I hadn't seen her in a very I forget it might have been months like three months or something. And I showed up at her house and things started happening and there was business to be had. And then uh, and then you know I'm she's on on I'm on she's on her back and I mean I'm I got my head you know she's got her feet on my shoulders. And then she literally reaches down and she grabs my arms and I, I flexed. And even in the middle of all of it, she sat up and she went, oh my God. So that's a little something for you guys to look forward to when you go ahead and fucking want to squeeze them out as I just flexed in the face of the fearful Jesuits. Not even joking. Uh, all right. So here's the deal, folks. Because uh, and, and then afterwards, like, cause then then you're just bathing in in a, in a postcoital fashion as you floated out to sea on nine orgasms. And then I looked at her and I was just like, I told you, that's all I've done is lifted. Well, I haven't seen you because I'm a meathead who tries to pretend that he's somebody. Uh, all right, so again, because again, I'm a list as you know. So uh, I invite myself to his house. There's clearly no doubt that I invite myself, and I'm getting ready for the flight. And the flight is going to be on Monday. And then he texts me. Uh, I, I should say, you know what? This actually happens on like Friday, I believe. He's like, hey man, uh, everything's still on schedule. And I said, of course. By the way, he's the f- he's fearful Jesuit. So everything's scary. Like I, the, the text itself was like, is everything ready? Are, are, have all the plans been confirmed? Like he's that guy. He's very haunted. And, uh, and I'm like, all right, yeah. Uh, and he has his own little emoji of a guy in a shroud. It's like very creepy looking. He's got like a fucking, like a, ro- a hooded robe over his head. <laughs> Have, have is all in alliance with the cosmos for your visit sir and uh but and again listen to his show he's much better at that than i am because he has a he has a deeper voice a scarier voice and a fun voice and uh, and you, you know you can hear me you can you can practically hear me gargling the duck feet um it's fucking literally my voice from from so much duck in the air it's my this my voice right now on this show this is the sound of duck feet paddling furiously under the water as they're trying to propel themselves through the surf to get away from a shark Please do not ask me where ducks are and sharks are. I don't, I don't know. I don't care to know. I'm sure there's some sort of shark display at a zoo that a duck landed in once. Think of that, all right? Take that and run with it, please. Uh, but fucking Fearful Jesuit texts me on Friday. And again, I'm, coming, I'm, I'm excited. I, and also flying out of Burbank, so it's going to be fucking smooth. I go there. I sit down. I take off. We fly. We la- everything's perfect. Flying back home to Burbank. Love the Burbank airport. It's going to be hassle-free. And also, it's a two-and-a-half-day trip. I'm arriving on a Monday. I'm leaving on Wednesday afternoon, although I might talk to him after the show and see if I can stay till Thursday. I know that's weird, but I might, and I'm announcing it right here on the show at this point. Um, and I thought to myself, well, maybe I'll stick around there for a couple of days. But I mean, again, a short trip like that, you know what I throw in the bag? I throw in a pair of shorts. I throw in a, a couple of pairs of uh, boxer briefs, a couple of socks. And then I got to pack my microphone because I know I'm going to be yapping away in the dark. And, uh, and so I'm packing, I'm ready. I'm ready, man. I, I, I'm ready to go. I get a text from him and he's like, Hey man, uh, this is great that you're going to be here. Here's the deal. Uh, do you think there's a way when you land, you could go ahead and grab the train to the bus 
to uh, the, a rickshaw to a fucking big wheel that I'll have assigned and waiting by a newspaper machine on Mission Street. And you can drive past four Broadway fucking burrito joints. And then if there's a way you could meet me in the financial district, I'll be the guy in the shroud waving across the street. And then I'll point with a ghostly skeletal hand and you'll go down a tunnel and go and take another train to another connection. And eventually you'll wind up on an island somewhere. And then that's when the helicopter shows up. And, uh, and I read this and, and I text him back and I'm like, uh, that could work. Or how about this? You pick me up at the airport like a fucking adult. And, uh, I hit send and I stare at my text screen and then I see, those three little dots waving that indicate that somehow fearful Jesuit has crafted a response very quickly and he's typing it as I stare. And, uh, and then folks that, that, that grouping of words that none of us ever wants to read typed by an adult <laughs> appears on my phone. I don't have a car. I get most places by bike. <laughs> Really? Really? You don't own a car. You you own you own you own a fucking house. And you don't have a car? I, I forgive me, I didn't realize I, I thought it was just a flight to San Francisco. I'm just trying to make A-list. I didn't know I was flying directly into the film breaking away. I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't know, Lance Armstrong, that you weren't gonna be able to get me. Because you're taking the spike and riding up mountains as you try to recapture your youth, which is just out of reach of your skeletal hand. You don't have a fucking car. And, uh, and I try to tap dance around it the nicest way possible. And so I type, you don't have a fucking car. And again, I understand. I invited myself here. I just assume, here's what I assume. I assume... <laughs> That people are grown-ups. <laughs> and, they, and they have cars. Look, if you, if you are over the age of 30, nay, if you're over the age of 40, and your main mode of transportation goes ching, 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 and has a flowered basket on the front, reevaluate. A, a fucking bike. A bike. Is this Benny in June? Where the fuck am I going? Because I just assume, like I said, people are adults. People are grownups. People have... A, a lot. You, if you got a house, you got a fucking bike. You, you, you got a car. You got a car. Get a fucking car. Uh, and so I wrote... And so I'm like, all right, I guess... Uh, uh, and, and, but, but, but here's the thing. And I will, this is totally true. And I don't know if I mentioned this or not. When I went to Arizona for spring training, I got in a day early and I met my friend Zach. And... Uh, and when I had written Zach, I'm like, hey, man, I get into the airport. He goes, great. He goes, uh, maybe I can borrow my roommate's car and pick you up. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what are you talking about? And, and he's just like, yeah, you know, he's probably going to be sleeping. He won't need it. So I'll just come ahead. And I'm like, Jesus, fuck. And I was surprised then. So then I get this text and I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, but I'm like, buy a fucking car. Is that is that who my show is for? The indigent? Is that who my show is for? The, the, the carless, 
Are, are you just hippies who are like, yeah, man, fuck that iron vehicle horse, whatever the fuck. I don't, dude, I don't, fucking put your bike in the garage where it belongs. That's for weekend jaunts and delivering mail in the rain. That's for, that's for, you know what that's for? You know who has bikes? You know who gets around by bike? People in Maine. People who are podcasting in Maine and then riding to and fro their colonial houses so they can guest on one another's shitty shows that nobody fucking listens to. Get a fucking, be a, be an adult. Uh, so I wrote him and I'm like, I, I mean, and here's the thing, dudes, you know me, I'm torn. I'm, I'm two different guys. I'm half Indiana Jones. I'm a half bedridden invalid who wants to never stare at anybody ever in my life. I like the challenge, the idea of traveling. You know what I don't want to do? Leave my fucking house. Like not at all. Like I want to do my best traveling through a Viewmaster. That's what I want to do. I just want to put in that little disc and go, shh, shh, oh, look at the Eiffel Tower. It's gorgeous. And then put it down and watch Guy Fieri make sandwiches for nine hours. That's what I want to fucking do. I love the idea of traveling. But then the idea of traveling just knocks me on my fucking ass where I'm just like, oh, man, I got to go here. And again, especially pick me up. Just pick me up at the gate. Just just fucking be a grown up. Get a car. Pick me up. That's why. What the fuck? Uh, but so I'm like, all right, you don't have a car. And he's like, yeah. He goes, here's what you can probably do. He goes, you can, uh, you can go ahead. Like I said, you can grab the train in and meet me in the financial district and then we'll take a bus to my house. Look, I've been on a train. Choo choo. It's fun. Get the engineer to blow the whistle. Everybody's happy. Charlie's there with his good and plenty. Everybody enjoys some. And even if it's a subway train, that's fine. I see some Puerto Ricans knife a guy. I love it. I love the subway train. There's a constant threat of danger and vomit. I, I don't mind that. That's, a th- that's just a weird, low-level hum. Like, literally every subway train has violence tinnitus. You can hear that it might happen at some point. You just got to stay frosty because there's that, like, ringing, low-level hum, that throb, because the hive mind at any moment could turn on one another because they realize they're right now in a constricted tube under the earth and may never emerge again. So at some point, you look around the train, and this has happened to me, and I know it happens to you, and if you're not doing it, you need to start fucking doing it. You get on a subway train, immediately look around, and think about who you're going to have to eat. Because if, and I, I'm not joking, because in my head, on the train this time, I was like, wow, man, when the San Francisco quake hit, this must have been fucked. You know, these people are on a train underneath the ground, and then it stops, and then it's dark, and then I'm like, well, I got my laptop, I got, if I had to have my phone and I could charge it, and then I went, why the fuck am I thinking about my laptop? Who the fuck am I going to eat on this goddamn train? Because again, I'm 6'2", I'm 350 these days, and I would ju- I would barrel through those motherfuckers, and I'm sure they're all looking, because here's the way they should be thinking. Everybody else on the train should be looking at me and going, we can subdue and eat him, he'll keep us alive for a f- fucking weeks. But I'm thinking about, all right, where's the smallest person? We got to eat them first. Let's eat in order of height. Let's just do that. Let's get the smallest people, children, your succulent, your tender lineup. I'm sorry. We're going to make, we're going to cook you underneath the lights of our cell phones and laptops. And once steam starts escaping from your tiny little stomachs, we will bury our teeth in you and eat you in ways you've never been eaten before, which kind of makes sense because you've never been eaten before because you're alive on a train. Uh, but that's how it is on a train. There's just that, like I said, that low level uh, bad things are about to happen. Uh, however, I would ride 500 trains across the United States and with with a guarantee I could board a train in Chicago in San Francisco I could board a train in San Francisco and I would ride it cross country I would and I would have to change 5 I would ride 500 trains across this great land of ours even with a guarantee that the final stop was a watery grave in the Atlantic Ocean 
before I ever considered getting on another fucking bus. And so for him to go, yeah, man, ride the train to the bus. At that point in your head, you're just like, what, no donkeys? Really? There, there, there's no, uh, let me ask you this. Are there the, uh, are the souls of the dear departed children who died after being molested by priests? Could I possibly float in on their horrible fucking feelings? Could I use that? Is there a ghost that could transport me to your fucking compound? Because the misery of the bus cannot be, I can't even capture it in words. I can't, you know, you've been on it. I, I, dudes in year two of this show, I invented Uber because I hated the bus so much. Now, granted, fucking uh, Travis from Uber was listening to my show, stole the idea, went and convinced some seed guys to give him some money, and now he's fucking 14 supermodels at a time. Good for him. He stole my idea, that fucker. I'm still A-list in the podcast world. Uh, but a bus, a bus. And, and again, a bus from the financial district. That's like the, that, you can't even say those words together. Like, that doesn't make sense. That's just... That's like, a, you know what that is? That's just an onomatopoeia. That's, that's all that is. It's just noise. That's all it is. A bus in the financial district? That, that sounds like a high school kid trying to write a play with a commentary about Wall Street. You know what I mean? It's just fucking stupid. It's some story about some kid, and he stares out the window, and he sees the, you know, the masters of the universe as he has to sit next to a vomiting hobo. And what does this world come to? And then the, like, the last line is just Bernie with an exclamation point. You know what I mean? Just that kind of garbage. So... So he's like, let's ride a bus from the financial district. Because again, it's one of two things. It is, it's, it's, it's literally an, a, a, a rolling encasement of the poor as they get to drive by and see why they don't have a future. Or even worse, it's a bunch of fucking tech bros ironically slumming on the bus to look around and go, hey man, this is hilarious. Can you believe people actually get around like this? Uh, at which point, if that ever happens when you're on public transportation, the good news is you don't have to decide who to eat. <laughs> so he wants to ride a bus from the financial district. And I'm like, man, fuck that. You got to be kidding me. So, uh, so I kind of danced around it where I'm just, I, and, I, and by dancing around it, I wrote no fucking bus. Like, I think I just wrote that. Um, and I, so I said, but I said, all right. I said, you know what I'll do? Cause this was Friday and I was coming in on Monday. I go, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I mean, and all that meant was I was going to give him two and a half days to stew on it and change his fucking mind. Like there was, I was going to give him two and a half days to buy a fucking car is basically what it was. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm not going to make a final decision on this just yet, but here's what you do this weekend. Go visit your local Honda dealer. <laughs> And buy whatever the fuck they'll give you. And I'm sure the lemon law will let you turn it back in on fucking Wednesday afternoon after you drop me at the fucking airport. Uh, so that was literally, that was it. I was like, I'll give him two and a half days to figure out a way to find a car. That's it. I'm, I will give him two and a half days to find a vehicle. Uh, and so then I, I undertook on, I Ubered all fucking weekend. I drove Saturday. I drove Sunday. I drove like a motherfucker. It was crazy. And then, uh, and then I went to wrestling on Sunday, uh, and drove a little bit on the way home and then got up and I went to the gym and then, uh, he texted me, uh, and, and I, in my head, I'm just like, well, obviously he bought a car. So he's, that's why he's getting a hold of me. So he texts me and he goes, Hey man, good news. He goes, uh, I wound up taking the day off work on Monday. So I'll be here. So you don't have to meet me in the financial district. So the good news is you can just take a train in to this address and then take an Uber or a Lyft. Oh, that's the good news? Oh, okay. Um, 
So basically all you said was, I'm abdicating my responsibility to you as a talented podcaster and entrusting it to Manny, the guy who doesn't speak good English and probably hasn't washed his hair in four days, driving the Hyundai Elantra in the middle of the city. Uh, because that's exactly who I got. I, I said, all right, man, look, cause I, at that point I can't fucking, I can't argue. So I take the train, I get it. You know, I fly the plane. It's a, it's a, it, look, it's a solid flight from Burbank to San Francisco. It's an hour and three minutes. Uh, I liked it. I caught up on some baseball stuff. I landed in the airport. Uh, this is weird. I walked to the fucking San Francisco airport and this, they, <laughs> they had a painting. I took a picture of it. It's just on the wall. It's like, it's, it was, a I don't know, like, I guess it was modern, a modern art scene, but there was words and it said San Francisco peephole theater. And uh, if you thought bus in the financial district was a phrase that didn't go together, the complete opposite of that is San Francisco people theater, words that were born to be married to one another. (laughs) And all I could think of myself was that's in the fucking, I mean, I know you're a liberal city. I know we've come a long way. I know Gavin Newsom's doing some really good things up here, but I got to think glory hole by the Sparrow was not on my list of things you guys were working on. Uh, but I took a picture and I'm, this is not even a joke. I, I, cause there were people sitting there and I took the photo and they're in their mind. They're like, what the fuck is he taking a picture of? And then I walked over to see if there were holes in the wall. Like I couldn't figure out why, what it meant. Cause it said something like short films being viewed through a, uh, you know, a, a hole in the wall, but I, I, I didn't even catch the full thing because at that point, let's face it, I'm cock drunk. So I'm like, I'm just like, Oh my God, I can't wait. I got to go ahead and shove my fucking dick through a wall before I have to go endure Manny and his Elantra. Uh, I want to get one last anonymous blowjob before I venture out into the mean streets of San Francisco and have to climb into Manny's Elantra and make my way through the tube. Because uh, I was in tubes all day. I was in a tube on the, in the air. I was a tube underground. Uh, so then, sure enough, I get to town. I land. I walk to the San Francisco airport. And then he's like, go ahead and take the BART from the airport. And you get off the train. It's this weird shuttle. I get off the shuttle. And then there's ticket machines. And, uh... You know, the general public can't be trusted with anything ever. Don't, if you've, because it's just got a slot for your credit card or your money. You put, you fuel up the card and then you go get on the fucking train. That's all you got to do. But it's German tourists and giant backpacks and guys holding wine bottles and they're just blocking the fucking thing and they're reading the screen. And some of them are reading them out loud and some of them are reading with their mouths, their lips moving. And I'm like, get the fuck out of the way. Jesus Christ. Are, are all of you waiting for the peephole theater to open? Is that what your problem is? So I walk up and I'm like, so then it says, a t- there are more kiosks on the other side. So I'm like, well, and I read that and I literally in my head, I'm like, I'm the smartest man alive. Excuse me, idiots. <laughs> and I literally walked around the corner like the guy in the keep on trugging decal that you would see on fucking 70s shirts. There's the guy like bent over with one foot out with his fucking thumb out. I literally, I leaned way back and just fucking, hello, fools. I must go use the other kiosks. And I boogied around the corner and uh, the other corner, you know what what is on the other side? Kiosks. You know what else is on the other side? Another fucking train that people got off of and lined up in front of the machine and they still don't know how to fucking use it. God damn it. Hey, San Francisco, uh, this is going to seem weird, but I've come to town to try to sell you Asians. Would you need any? Could you possibly have a need? Is there a shortage? Let me ask you this. If you have Asians, do they know how to use public machines? Could you possibly have an Asian machine that they would use instead of them getting really close to the screen and squinting, thinking they could somehow read the English if they got closer to the fucking throbbing picture? Uh, And look, that was just one old lady who was ruining it for everybody. The other one was just a bunch of... This is the thing that really drove me fucking crazy. There's a woman, and she goes up to the machine, and she fills a card up, and I'm like, great. 
So as she fills up the card, then she turns around, she hands the card to one guy. There's four guys. She's filling five tickets. One, and one for each guy at a time. And in my head, I just wanted to go, why don't you just buy one card with $1,000 on it? And then you could pay for all of our train rides as if you were the drone queen of the BART. Uh, so I'm waiting. I'm waiting to get to the fucking kiosk. And then sure enough, I finally go up and I load 30 bucks onto the goddamn thing. I go down to take the train. I climb in and, uh, you know, it's a subway train, man. It's just, it's just got, it's a Petri dish. That's all it fucking is. It's just, it's just death and famine and disease and pestilence and any other horseman who could fit his head underneath the fucking bar barrier to get in there. Uh, and I sit down, I'm lucky enough to get a seat because we're at the airport. So that's where it starts. And then as it rolls into town and this is in the afternoon, it's like four in the afternoon. So we're picking up a lot of people. Now I sat in the farthest, you know, there's, there's probably 10, 12 cars and I'm in the front, the second car from the front, uh, or sorry, from the back because it started going the, cause that was the thing is I was sitting with my back to it. And then I, I, I was, fa- you know, I was all right. <laughs> my back is facing the way we were going. Like we're traveling North and I'm sitting facing South. I fucking hate that. I, I just can't, I, I need to see the future arriving. I don't need to see my past disappearing. I don't want to do that. And it just, it kind of fucks with my head. So thankfully the first stop, a person in the fi- in the very back booth got up and split. So I was able to split over and sit there. And, uh, you know, me, I sit on the window and I usually lean and I go to sleep, but I was trying to stay a little frosty because I know I only had 15 stops to get to his joint. And now I've narrowed down exactly where you can find <laughs> the, Jes- <laughs> the Jesuits compound. Um, so sure enough, I'm sitting there, but I, I put my luggage in the window seat and I'm sitting on the aisle and we roll, we go a couple more stops and then we go to like the fifth stop and a woman gets on the train and she walks up and there's empty seats. Okay. There are other empty seats and she walks up to me and she goes, excuse me, can I sit there in the corner? And I got my earbuds on. So I, I mean, and in, in my opinion, there's no way she's speaking to me. Like there's, there's absolutely no way with empty seats. Anyone would approach a giant person like myself with luggage and want to sit next to me. The only reason you would want to do that is because you wanted to give me a hand job or see if there was some way I wanted to have sex with you. Like that's the, you're a pro and you're working the train and you're going from car to car trying to find lonely fat guys with luggage. That's that's the only thing I can think of. Uh, And I'm clearly in the lonely fat guy with luggage, you know, train. So she approaches me, but she literally, she goes, can I sit in the corner there? And I I pull off the earbud. I go, excuse me. She goes, I can sit in the corner. And I go, (laughs) and I I put my earbud back in. I laughed and I, I laughed in her face and I put my earbud back in. And she looked at me sternly and she stood there still. And I took my earbud out and I go, you were serious? And she says, yes. Oh no, I, all right. And I just, I got up and I, I, and it was my fault because I wasn't sitting by the window. She was assuming I didn't want the window seat. Normally I sit in the window seat, but when I sat down there, I put my luggage down hurriedly and then checked my phone really quick. And then two stops went by and I didn't even think to move over because there was no fucking way anybody was going to sit next to a giant guy. Trust me, I just drove on a plane. Dude, when I get on a plane, I sit down and and my balls never get more air than they do when I sit down on a goddamn plane. Because I sit down, I lean on the window, and then literally I just my knee just goes and just and stretches out to the aisle to show you the misery you are ready for if you sit next to me on a goddamn plane. I I mean, you talk about man spreading. Fuck that. I don't I don't man spread. Man spread sounds like you took a fucking a, a thing of man with a butter knife and you spread it across some uh, some bread. No bullshit. I shatter the jar of man and it spreads across as if you were dropped a jar of mayonnaise and it shoots across the entire. I, I cover the whole fucking ground, all the ground. I stretch across like Will Chamberlain blocking a shot, motherfucker. That's how I work it. I I take up the whole paint. Um, 
But this time I didn't sit in the window. I, put, I, I was in a hurry and I didn't think about it. And I also did not think ever in a billion years someone would want to sit next to me. Certainly not on the subway train. Uh, and by the way, who did, you know what this woman looked like? I have to be, I'm, I'm going to be honest. And I hope you don't, look, don't me to me on this shit either. Uh, she was a statuesque African-American woman who looked like the transvestite who comes over to fuck Joel Goodson and risky business. That's who she looked like. She literally looked like when he knocks on the door and he's like, oh yeah, you want Lana. That's what every white boy in the suburbs wants is Lana. Um, he, he looked like uh, the gay dude from Mannequin, but in drag. And it's a she, it's a lady. And it wasn't, it wasn't a transgender. I know where I am. I, pr- I promise you it was a lady. Uh, because when she sat down, I, I put my hand between her legs to check. I wanted because that's look, I'm a tourist. I'm allowed to do that in this town. That's the whole point. You can come here and live the life you want to live. But then when I come to town to avoid any sort of mistakes or mishaps, I get to immediately grab you between the legs and find out what I'm getting myself into. Uh, because again, I'm not ruling anything out. You could, you could have a fucking, you could have a hammer. You could have a cave. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen, but I'm in, let's do it. Uh, it could be a baby house. Could be a baby maker. Who the fuck knows, man. Uh, could be a batter dispenser, could be a mixing bowl. I don't know what you've got down there, but I'm going to go ahead and reach in and double a double grab and see who's sitting next to me on the goddamn subway train. Uh, plus I should tell you, I leaned over and I smelled her and she smelled delicious. All right. So, uh, she sits down next to me. I got my luggage piled up on top of me, like fucking Porky and the little rascals. I mean, it's just fucking all, I mean, I just, I just look so bad. I got a hoodie and I'm fat and I'm already using out of the thing. And I got a fucking laptop and a, and a, and look, I underpacked of course, because I'm only coming here. It's as I've mentioned, it's just a lap with a couple of boxer briefs, a couple of socks and a, and a microphone. You know what? I was going to bring jeans. I fucking failed to throw them in there. I forgot to bring goddamn jeans. So now I'm just here with two pairs of shorts in the coldness of the Bay area. Um, but then a few more stops go by and then somebody gets up and they move and I go to my own particular seat alone. But then we got really filled up. And then I, and here's another thing. I was offering my seat to women. Like every time a woman would get on the train, I'd be like, you want to sit down? And women were very nice. And they were like, no, no, it's okay. Thank you very much. I did that in Japan. Like every subway train we took, I would offer my seat to a, a lady. And uh, a mob would look at me and go, why are you doing that? I go, because it's the polite thing to do. He goes, no, it's not. He goes, look at these other guys. They're all sitting down. I said, fuck those other guys. I don't care about, th- I'm not them. I, I'm a polite person. I was taught to offer your seat to a lady. He goes, yeah, that's just dumb. Like, it's not dumb. It's the way things are done. I go, granted, you know, because over in Kuwait, I mean, you don't have a subway. And then when you go to a country that has a subway, you don't know how to handle it because you're usually standing up because there's nothing. There'd be empty seats and a mob would still stand up and be a strap hanger. I'm like, fuck you, strap hanger, grab a goddamn seat. But a mob was just, I think he liked because he was so much taller than anybody else in the country. He loomed over them, uh, which is not to be confused with what I did in the beginning of the show when I loomed over all of you. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I ride the train, I ride the BART. And then I get out in the middle of the city and, uh, and I, I will tell you this again, it's the hassle that I hate. I don't mind doing it when it comes to doing it. It's the considering and sitting in my house and going, oh man, I got to walk to the airport and get on a fucking train. And then I got to ride that 15 steps and I got to go to go here and I got to get up. I, I mean, it's so dumb, but those are the things as that's the old person in me coming out and going, you don't want to do this. You don't want to do any of this. You want to stay home and eat pop tarts. You know, like I was telling, I was talking to Jesuit and I'm like, Hey dude, this is, you know, we're talking about our lives and I was unveiling a lot of shit. And I should tell you this about fearful Jesuit, by the way. Um, don't ever have a conversation with him. How about that? Is that, is that clear enough? Because he'll be, this is him. He's like, Oh man, tell me about that when that happened. And I go, it was totally weird, dude, because here's the thing I showed up and he goes, Oh my God, my cousin did that one time. And here's the thing. He went to Kansas city and when he went to Kansas city, he had special barbecue, but then there were some cowboys there and he wound up getting dragged behind their horse. And then he wound up in Texas because that's where he woke up, but he didn't realize that things were bad. So he went to a back surgeon. I'll tell you what, did I mention that I have a slip disc? Hey, my daughter's beautiful. Uh, Great. Can I finish my story or my anecdote? Oh, of course. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. All right, so here's the deal, man. You asked me that question when I showed up at that house. Oh my God, did I tell you about houses? When I was a kid, I had a house and my dad was yelling one time and I'm the only guy who can solve the solution. I'm the guy who stepped up and I go, hey man, let's all calm down and my family loves me for it. Great. I, I, can I finish the story? Can I at least, and, and normally when I meet you people, I want you to tell me about your lives. 
which is fine. But you don't pull start the mower and then tell it not to cut grass. That's what the fuck, that's, don't ask me a question. If you want me to sit silently and quietly while you bedazzle me with your amazingly charmed life, I'm happy to listen. Go ahead, third eye blind, spill it all over me. But do not, do not ask me for an anecdote. And then I go, you know, the thing is about that. And then you go, you know what? I like pudding and here's why. What? 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 Who's talking about pudding, motherfucker? Apparently you were. Uh, he reminds me so much of Lily's ex-husband, who is a great friend. David Lawrence is a great friend of mine, but he know, he, he knows technology. He's a very smart person and he wears it. Does that make sense to you guys? Like a lot of people are smart, but, but they're just, they're just kind of, eh, whatever. You know what I mean? Um, but this dude is smart and he, and he, and, and I, I should say this too. This is not a bad thing. I'm not saying this in a bad way because I meet a lot of dumb. I mean, I, I meet a lot of fucking dumb people, slow people, people who are just, you're just like, you know, how many times have you ever had a conversation with anybody and they're just talking and you're seeing their face and you're listening, but in your head, all you're hearing is spinning wheel, want to go round. And, I mean, that's all you can hear. That's all you're concentrating on. You're like, I don't know how this kind of dumb lives. How the fuck do you breathe? Jesus fuck. Cause they literally seems like the kind of person who would have to pin something to their shirt to remember to breathe in, out, in, out. And that's the thing is you have to be even more specific because if you pin a shirt, that's a, a note that says in out on a dumb person shirt, they can't remember if it's a door or a window. When in reality, you're just telling them to remember to fucking breathe so they don't die pushing their broom up and down the fucking hallway. You've, you know what? But you know who needed a fucking uh, in and out uh, thing? Manny in his fucking Elantra. Holy fuck. Jesus God. I, you know what? Here's the thing. I didn't even know the, that. The, <laughs> I didn't even know that Puerto Rican Independence Day put out an album. I had no fucking idea. Perhaps they're touring and they're opening for Best Coast as well. I'm not sure. But I got in his car and it, and it was a whole lot of fucking, uh, like a, a lot of like ting, 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 and a lot of triangles and a lot of tiny chimp cymbals making fucking weird noises. It just, it just, you know what it sounded like? If somebody went, man, I really love the sound of the Dennis drill. Um... If I could somehow start a 48-piece band featuring nothing but Dennis drills, a triangle and a tiny cymbal, I'm going to do that. And we will march up and down the streets of fucking New York with a Puerto Rican flag and convince people that we care. I mean, when, you're, when your fucking Uber driver pulls up and he's got a flag and a bandana hanging from his window, you have to worry whether or not Ice Cube is going to shoot you on the way to your location. I don't know what kind of fucking turf war this motherfucker's in. Fucking Puerto Rican flag and a knotted bandana. And I love the idea of the knotted bandana in case he ever has to slip it on quickly. <laughs> oh, no. He sees some fellow Puerto Ricans on the corner and he's like, oh, my Dios mio, flunk. And he just jams this thing on his head like somebody jamming a cork into a wine bottle. Thunk. Oh, hey, fellas. He needed to do it quick. He's got the flag hanging. He's got the bandana. Oh, quick change artist. A QCA. Ba-bang! Puerto Rico, buddy. Look at me. I'm down for the cause. Don't let my Elantra fool you. I'd drive a Puerto Rican car if they had any money and made them. Unfortunately, our entire homeland is now a child's waiting pool. And nobody seems to care. Nobody seems to care. Isn't that the weirdest thing in the world? 
Puerto Rico is like part of America. It's part of America. It's been devastated by an unbelievable storm of epic proportions and and people just go, yeah, tough it out, motherfuckers. What, what happened? <laughs> when did this whole country become bootstraps? When the fuck did that happen? You dicks. Help people. It's the same thing with the Arm the Teachers. I love Arm the Teachers. It's my favorite new thing. <laughs> you know what we got to do? We got to give the teachers guns. Yeah, that's a great idea. What do you think? Yeah, they got a fantastic idea. How about you guys? We love this idea. Teachers? Yeah, no, we don't want any fucking guns. Like, not at all. We barely want books. You're going to give us a fucking gun? How about you give me a book on guns, and I'll give that to the kids with just like a circle and a slash over it. None of these. Please, don't bring them back. Who, who ever, because you ever see anybody arguing for the teachers with the guns? That's my favorite part, when they're just like, well, we'd make sure they were highly trained. You don't even highly train them to teach algebra, you fucks. I got a friend, Brian Noonan. He's a substitute teacher. He's a comedian. I mean, I, I know that that dude, and look, I love Brian. He's the best. I don't know if I want him in charge of the hearts and minds of young America. I certainly know I don't want to give him a goddamn Glock. Six foot five Irishman who gets angry? Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's give him a fucking pistol. Or a pistolero. Uh, or a Pomerico. Let's get them all barking the oath. <laughs> Uh, so I, so I get in Manny's car and it's just, and it's like, Hey, literally, you know what it sounded like? Go watch, go watch the video for Yankee Rose by David Lee Roth. In the beginning, he walks into a grocery store in a fat suit and you just hear this, Hey, he's not in the fat suit yet. That's him going crazy. He literally, it's a bunch of crazy characters in this fucking market. And then he shows up as an Amazon warrior with a spear and he goes, give me a bottle of anything and a glazed donut to go. Uh, but the music that's playing in there, it's just, it just, it sounds like somebody took a chipmunk's soundtrack and played it faster. Like it's just that kind of, it's just this, it's almost sounds like, remember, are you ever hearing a movie when they rewind a, they rewind a tape to keep hearing something over and over and just go, that's what this guy was playing in his fucking car. Nonsense. It, It sounded like this is the sound I think that would, that would happen if you ever, ran the sheet music for an individual self-playing piano through a washing machine. That's what this sounds like. So, have I described adequately what his car sounded like? I hope so. Are we all on board with what Manny's car sounded like? Uh, and then I come, and so then I'm, I'm in the car. I finally make it into the car. I'm on the way here. I'm, 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 I'm just, I don't want to give the mileage again. You're already Google mapping exactly where the compound is for fearful Jesuit. And, uh, and I'm trying to figure out exactly how to get to where he is, trying to figure out where and when. And then sure enough, uh, I get a text in the car as we're rolling. And it just says, uh, if you can get here fast, something's happening that will definitely wind up on the show. And, and this is not a joke. I texted him and I said, I'm three minutes away. Get dressed. Because I'm sure it's just him going to be fucking helicoptering his cock on the stairs. I'm like you. I'm like you. Whatever. Uh, I did that once on an old show. It's a long story. Um <laughs> <laughs> but then I, you know, Manny, of course, takes a couple of screeching corners and he drops me off on the run. <laughs> Literally, I, I tumble out, he eats four empanadas and screeches off into the distance. <laughs> and just, and by the way, when I say he ate four empanadas, not a joke. And he actually had a baby rabbit deep fryer, like one of those little magic pan deep fryers in his front seat. He's just, that's his, that's the side hustle for his side hustle. He's, a, he's an old school bandana knotter and a fucking empanada fryer from a long time ago. And he does it all in a fucking car the Koreans call good. <laughs> so he pulls over and I fucking dive out of this car. I do a fucking barrel roll as he chows down on a bunch of fucking like Ropa Vieja, whatever the fuck. He's gone. And I turn around and I'm trying to find the Jesuits compound. 
Uh, and I look, and there's a diamond-encrusted crucifix. <laughs> got to be 15 feet tall. I figure that's got to be the joint. But I look, and there's an actual porch, and there's like you know trees and bullshit. But then there's a driveway, and at the end of the driveway, there is a uh, there's some recycling bins. Yeah, it looks like four of them. Which, you know, because again, there's so many monks living here and they use so much bottled water to wash their scalps. Because <laughs> I don't know if you know this, a monk can never be touched by tap water. Did you not know that? Oh, it sets them crazy. It sets them alight. It sets them, but it makes them bananas. They don't like the tap water. Uh, you know why? Because the first monk who ever immolated himself, that's how bad the water was in Malaysia. <laughs> Wasn't gas. That's the tap water in Malaysia. Douses himself with it. <laughs> Scared the fuck out of him for the rest of all existence. So, this fucking, I, like, there's a fucking, like, nine fucking recycle bins. <laughs> and, uh, and crouched spuriously around the recycling bins. And, 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 and let me put it this way. Not being quiet about it at all. Is, uh... I, I just, I mean, just a wedding cake sized Asian. I mean, she's. And the only reason I saw her was because I, I literally pulled out a magnifying glass and I was like, oh, it's you. She turned around and looked at me. She sang Mothra five times. Mothra. Mothra. And, uh, and then continued to scurry through the garbage like, like a chop suey loving raccoon. And, uh, and like I said, not quiet, like literally pulling out like empty plastic bottles and not tucking them nicely into a, a another bag, literally just dropping them to the ground with that forlorn, empty, empty sounding echo of, of bottles past, you know, just clunk, 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 clunk. And she's making her own personal stack on the driveway. And then part of me is like, I don't even know if she's taking these for the recycling or if she's hoping to build a habit trail out of them that she can somehow live in because the pricing and barrier housing is so incredible. She's taking the plastic so she can go ahead and chop it up and make a crazy fucking thumb-sized Asian clubhouse. No bigger than a grain of rice she was. We just so we, Mothara. So I uh, so I see her, and here's my favorite part of the whole thing. You startle a raccoon in your garbage. It it might give you a dirty look and a hiss before it scampers off into the distance. Not hold me closer, tiny Asian. No, no, fucking not at all. I come walking up the driveway. And I, I, get her, I give her a look, like almost just this, like I said, I get the magnifying glass and I'm like, I peer at her and I'm just like, what the, what is happening here? Like, what are you, what's, what's, I don't understand this. And, uh, and I, I met with, I got the hiss. I won't lie to you. I certainly got the hiss. <laughs> and then just continued to hear the forlorn bottle. So, clunk, 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 clunk. And, uh, I walked up the drive or the, the, the walkway and then there's fearful Jesuit. Uh, on his porch, wearing his shirt. And all I could think as I saw him as he emerged again, I don't know this gentleman. I don't wear, I'm, I'm, as I said, he's wearing a hooded robe over his head. He's got his dirt dirt shirt on. Uh, and I saw that and I thought, it's a nice touch. You're meeting me. Why not? It seems to make sense. And, uh, but I, truthfully, all I could think in that moment, in that instant, as he extended his hand was, you know what? 
I wish I would have sold your dirt, dirt socks. <laughs> because he was barefoot on his porch. Ugh, fuck you, Fred Flintstone. Put on some shoes. Uh, yeah, sigh all you want, motherfucker. All right, so <laughs> he pads about in bare feet like a child, like, like, a, like a living teddy bear. <laughs> this is my home. <laughs> Put on some shoes like an adult. No car, no shoes, no fucking service, man. No talent next time. I'll Airbnb somewhere that has used soap before I'll come to your fucking barefoot house. Because literally he had bare feet and he's a big dude. So he's got like kind of big feet. So all I pictured him was walking on all of the furnishings and furniture in here with his bare feet. And like stepping on the kitchen chairs and stepping on all the forks. And I have to eat here on his bare feet fucking forks. So I don't like men's feet. I'm not a fan. Lady feet, shove it down my throat. I don't fucking care. Up to the ankle. And I, I will absolutely, you know what? Put a fucking finely polished and manicured lady foot in my mouth up to the uvula and you'll pull it out with, and with clean nails. I mean, I will absolutely suck the fucking manicure pedicure right off you. But a guy foot, uh, I almost went and asked the Asian if I could stay in her tiny plastic house. However, so I, I go in and he's a, he's a lovely man. I come into his house and, and I should tell you this, um, I'm, I'm constantly thrown, you know, when you see what, what real people live like, uh, cause I've lived in the same apartment for 20 years. I've said it's an ant farm, you know what I mean? And it does fine. You know, I got a, I got a bed, I got a TV. I'm, I'm, and it's, you know what? I'm, I'm 12 steps from the laundry room. I'm 15 steps from my car in the carport. There's a pool. It's nice. There's grills if I want to use them. And I like where I live. But it's not really where I want to live. And that's on me. I haven't worked nearly hard enough to earn something as nice as Fearful Jesuit has. I mean, he's a guy who, and I should tell you this, uh, I don't know how much of his history he wants me to reveal, but he, he this is a guy, he, he said it to me today. He goes, I am a, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal your thing. I apologize. But he told me, he goes, I'm a guy, he goes, I can tell you, I got a hat trick that nobody else has. I'm willing to bet I have a hat trick nobody else has. He goes, I owned my own home in New Orleans that was destroyed by Katrina. I actually witnessed the World Trade Center come down from 31st Street or whatever the fuck. He saw it happen and he's been struck by lightning. Uh, and I and I heard, you know, those are amazing. Now, they would have been a lot more amazing if they weren't directed towards me just after he said, so how's your mom? And I went to explain it. And he said, by the way, I don't know if you're aware of this. My house was destroyed in Katrina. Uh, but he's from originally from New Orleans and then he was out to the Bay Area and he works, again, he truly works in the financial district. He works for an unbelievable company. He owns his own home. Uh, he has a lovely daughter. He has, uh, he, and he and his, uh, estranged wife, well, divorced wife, they're, they're raising the daughter being great parents. Um, he's in bands. I mean, he's, he's just an impressive, wonderful human being. And it was really nice of him to have me in his house. Now, again, I got to tell you this, if he doesn't have a car, uh, I'm, these next few things I'm going to tell you are not going to surprise you. <laughs> Uh, cause I walk in the house and it's lovely. It's beautiful. And he's like, you're staying downstairs and he shows me the room. And then he's like, here's the bathroom. Uh, I, and I don't know what this is. Again, none of my listeners have cars. I get that. But could any of you have a good shower? Could any one of you have a shower that is worth taking? I, I mean, I look, I'm clean. Certainly I'm clean, but, uh, He's got a shower down in the basement. He goes, you probably want to don't want to use this shower. And I'm like, why? And he goes, well, it's really small. And he goes, watch your head. Now, look, I, I get watch your head. I've hit my head four times in his house. I haven't even told him this yet. I literally, <laughs> I've banged my head into every fucking doorway you possibly could. And then his other, sh- you know, he's also got one of these funky, weird showers with no curtain. 
and no drainage. There's a drainage, but the floor is sloped toward the drain. Like hotels do that now where they're like, yeah, man, totally. The floor like slopes and then no, fuck you. You still get water everywhere, motherfucker. It's still weird. Give me a shower curtain. I'm an old school guy. Um, but he's got, you know, and also then I'm like, Hey man, you got any toothpaste? Cause I, to- I totally forgot toothpaste. And is, this is the funniest thing is he's like all, he's really up in my business about what's going to get on the show. He goes, Oh, I know this is totally going to make the show. And uh, he goes, here you go. I have Kirkland toothpaste. No, I mean, I don't even know what the fuck that is. I really don't. And he goes, ah, that's going to make the show, right? I'm like, I don't know what the, what, I, what is it? Caulk? Like, is it poison? Like, what the fuck is it? I don't even know. He goes, oh yeah, no, that's like a Walmart brand, like Kirkland. And I'm like, get a job. Like you have a good job. Why, why are you buying poor people toothpaste, man? What the fuck is your problem? This is a guy who I'm not joking, bought a whole duck for tonight for dinner. And yet he still uses wire hangers. What the fuck is wrong with you? No more wire hangers ever. He's got wire hangers. He's got, and again, I, I just, I, I went in to his, uh, uh, what was the thing you had? I walked in. Oh, uh, th- th- he goes, hey, you want something to drink? And I says, yeah, what do you got? And he's like, well, uh, he goes, I got these flavored waters. Because he had asked me, and look, to his credit, he asked me, because you want some propels. I go, dude, if you've got one of those fridges that gives out water and ice cubes, you don't have to buy any soda for me, anything for me. I'm good. I, can, I just drink tap water like all the fucking time. I'm not Malaysian. So he's like, all right, well, you know, that's fine. So I get here and he's like, hey, man, I got these things, these flavored waters. I go, what's, the, I go, do you have anything? Do you have LaCroix? And he goes, well, I have LaCroix. And I said, oh, fuck you, you jag off. I don't know what the fuck they're called. It's just, it's just bullshit in a can. You got any of that? He goes, well, I'm pretty sure they're called LaCroix. I, all right, good. You're so smart about flavored soda, you dick. And he goes, yeah, I have some of that. I go, all right, because I hear, I go, because it's taking over Los Angeles. That's all anybody fucking drinks. There, it's on menus at restaurants. Everybody fucking has them. And I go, look, I'll try one of those. He goes, okay. He goes, uh, I got this one. It's, when it was uh, strawberry lime. He goes, here's this. I go, all right, cool. And I get a glass, you know, he's go, and then he goes, this is so beautiful. Uh, he goes, uh, are you an ice person? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't, I like from the lion, the witch in the wardrobe, like that kind of thing. I mean, am I in Narnia now? Where the fuck am I? And he goes, no, like do you, cause uh, here's the thing. I always told myself I was going to get a fancy ice machine, but they cost like $5,000. So look over here. He takes me into the corner. He's got some countertop ice making machine. And he goes, I call this my chewing ice. I, you know what, man? I call this my goodbye. That's what I call it. I mean, how I look, my mom's weird with her round ice, okay? But at least she still buys that at the store like a human being. She doesn't go out and drop a fucking million dollars on something that makes chewing ice. And he's like, yeah, I got a little scoop, man, so you can get some ice over here. I go, is there ice in the freezer? Yeah, okay, I'll get the ice out of the freezer. God forbid I tap into your fucking chewing ice and have you tell everybody, I can't believe it. I invited him to the house and he ate all the chewing ice. So I get some cubes and then he hands me the LaCroix and I pour it into a fucking uh, glass, whatever the fuck. And I drink it. And uh, look, the jig is up. I understand it was a long con. You were all pranking me to get me to try one of these fucking things. I know an entire city decided to try to make them popular. I know Pardo drinks them like they're fucking liquid heroin. I get that. But I drink this fucking thing and I, you know, it said flavor strawberry lime. It should have said rumored strawberry lime. 
The only way that this is strawberry lime is if somehow they walked the case of them past the produce department when they were stocking the fucking shelves. Because this just tasted angry. That's all it tasted like. It just tasted it like anger. It was like, it tasted like a prank. It tasted like we're fooling you. It tasted like you're sitting in a dunk booth, motherfucker, and we're about to throw a ball and we're going to laugh at when you were all fucking wet. I mean, it was just grim. There's no flavor. It just, it tastes like salty carbonation. It's just like fucking, it tastes like licking the Thompson twins chick. It's just fucking nasty. I think there's candor sweat. And I looked at him and I, and I literally, I couldn't help it. It wasn't a joke or anything. I tasted it and I went, yeah, like, like this involuntary face. And he's like, oh, are you okay? You don't like it, huh? And I go, no, I don't fucking like it. And he goes, well, what about these? So this is my favorite part. He's got LaCroix because of his fucking daughter. He loves his daughter. She loves LaCroix. He wants her to try all the flavors. He goes, well, I have these. You know what he has? To, you know what these are, folks? You know what these are? <laughs> The daughter gets the LaCroix. Talent gets the first can of LaCroix. First taste is free. After that, I've got a pile of generic flavored water you could possibly have. Oh, do you? Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's what those 18 cases of garbage are. Thanks for pointing that out. So you're telling me I didn't like the original, the one that's sweeping the nation. But I may like the one that the guys at the factory soaked their balls in. Maybe I'll like that. That'll go. I'll knock that back. I'm sure that's delicious. There's no rumor about At least the LaCroix has a rumor there's a flavor. This one on the fucking thing just says, fuck you. That's all that was the flavor. No strawberry lime, no hyphen. Fuck you. That's, a, that's the flavor of the generic flavored water. Uh, and he's like, you want one of those? I'm like, no, no, fuck. You and your chewing ice and your bullshit generic shit can take a walk. And then Kirkland toothpaste. Hey, I got Walmart toothpaste. Sorry, man. It's a ha ha ha. What do you mean? This isn't funny. This isn't funny, dude. You got any preparation H? I could use that. He doesn't. No, I'm sorry. We don't have preparation H. I have preparation L. It's uh, it's kind of a store brand of the preparation H. So you can go ahead and use that. It doesn't shrink your hemorrhoids so much as point at them and laugh. But I'm glad he invited me to his house. Uh, and so tonight, like, so then we went for sushi last night. It was badass. And then it, I got hit by, again. The old man and me came out after we went out. Uh, the sushi was really good at this place. And, and he told me we'd be lined up, but we were the first name on the list and we got a table and we fucking ate and we went outside. He's like, came in. there's a great ice cream place around the corner. I go, look, man, I'm, I'm actually full. I don't eat a lot of ice cream. And he's like, well, we, I go, we, and I, as I said, I go, look, are you planning on taking a constitutional? And he goes, I don't know what that means. I like to walk around. And I'm like, yes. Well, um, I go, I literally, I don't have it in me. I go, I know it's only like 7, 38 o'clock, but if there's a way we could head home. And he goes, oh yeah, sure. And here's, here's me as a person. And you know me, I will say that because that's my feelings. That's what I want. I actually was really tired and I just wanted to go visit with him, learn about him, go and hang out in his cool house and talk. Uh, I didn't need to walk around a neighborhood. I've seen stores. I know what potted plants are. I don't care about hardware. Oh, you have screwdrivers in your fucking town? Boo. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> That's right. I booed screwdrivers. That's how I agree I am about it. I'm so mad I boo your screwdrivers. <laughs> um, so I said, can we just go home? And he's like, yeah, you know what? And he gets out the phone to order the Uber. And then I immediately go, no, man, that's cool. Let's go ahead. Let's look around. And he's like, why? No, it's fine. And I go, no, no. I go, seriously, I don't want to ruin your night by not going to the, and he goes, he literally, because again, I'm, look, I'm exhausting. I get the fact that I'm fucking exhausting. So he stops and he just looks at me and he goes, I got to be honest with you. You're never going to bother me. Like nothing you do is going to upset me. I'm the most even keeled person you've ever met. To prove that he then pulled out a level, put it on his head, son of a bitch, right in the middle. 
He's like, I'm a, I don't, I'm excited to have you here. I want to talk. I'm going to hang out and, uh, tell me what you want. If you want something, we'll do it. And I'm so used to not doing that. I'm so used to apologizing for my needs and for my wants and for what I, what I would like to do. And, and, uh, and so it's continued, it's continued into today. I've apologized this and that. And, and he's just been, he's been very kind and very gracious and just said, but then he, I get this, he's sick of it. So he'll literally go, Mike, you got to stop apologizing. He's like, I, I, and, I, and then I go, this is me. This is me. It's me. And I go, okay. And, uh, and so I have to work on it. So I'm, it's incumbent upon me to stop doing it because it makes people uncomfortable. It made him odd uncomfortable. He, he literally just be like, dude, stop apologizing. You know, and I'm like, I just, I just want you to know like how much this means to me. That's, that's kind of it. Because I can't all day just go, do you know how special it is that you invited me to your house? Check that. Do you know how special it is that I invited myself to your house and you said yes? Do you know how great that is? Do you know how cool it is to go out and make contact and meet people who enjoy what I do, like what I do, love what I do, want me to do it with them in the room and tell me how much they enjoyed it and think it's special? Not just sit there and go, oh man, fucking this guy's doing this. No, this is, this is a guy who thinks what I do is special and worthwhile. And, uh, and that's fantastic to me. And, and, and for me to be invited up here to do it, it's just, it's a gift. And it could be you, man. If you want me to come to your town and do a fucking show, I'd do it. I mean, uh, you know, maybe you fucking check your toothpaste first. But I mean, other than that, and, you know, don't kill a fucking animal. Don't kill a duck. I mean, don't do that. Uh, The duck is because he made a gumbo that we're actually going to eat when I'm done here recording. Um, But it was, although I got to be honest, truthfully, uh, he asked yesterday about cooking dinner. Do I want to go eat? Whatever. Uh, and I was like, I don't know. So this morning I got up and we, we talked all night. We walked at like three 30 in the morning and then I fucking slept until 1130. He's up at seven and, uh, I wake up and Ben Montench is upstairs and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, he's literally playing the keyboard breakdown of breakdown by Tom Petty over and over. That's what woke me up. Uh, and then he comes downstairs like 20 minutes later and he knocks on the door. He's like, Hey, Schmitty, we're going to go to this. We're going to, I'm going to cook dinner. I'm, I got the Rue going cause he's making a gumbo. He's from Louisiana. As I've mentioned, um, but again, astonishing to me that this guy this is a guy who owned a house in New Orleans. He owns a house in the Bay Area. I just read an article about what these houses cost and how much they're worth. And, and, uh, and you know, he's just a guy living his best life. He's got, he's in bands. They play all sorts of different music. He's, he's got a great job. He, he's got a podcast that I am telling you, it is fantastic. It's, it, he works so hard on it. He showed me today. He's like, look at this. This is audition. It's a, a, a you know, the, the fucking program he uses. And he shows me all of the levels of audio tracks that he has. And, uh, you know, I try to one take Jake this fucking show because I don't even want to put the theme song in half the fucking weeks. I'm like, I just want to talk and push a button. That's all I want to do. And he's like, well, here's the thing. I use a thing called audio file and you can send up your audio file and it, it levelizes it and all that. And I go, I don't, I don't want to even do that. I don't You know what? You put me to sleep telling me that you fucking do it. I'm mad. I know this now. I don't want to fucking know about this. Yeah, but it's totally great. It works great for your show. No, it works great for your show. He shows me my records. You know, dudes, I, like I said, I'm in a fucking car. I'm in an alley. I'm in a subway train. I'm recording all these. Fu- he he has a fucking closet that he locks himself in with it's covered in foam because he cares about his voice sounds. And I and he tells me, he goes, man, your voice always sounds good on your show. Like, I can't believe that you always bitch about your voice. I'm like, to me, I just I just hear duck fat rolling out of my goddamn tonsils. Because I said to him, I go, I should record early in the morning because my voice sounds the best when I first wake up. And he goes, you sound great all the time when you do your goddamn show. And I'm like, yeah, this is coming from a guy who locks himself in a closet to sound perfect. What the fuck, man? It's San Francisco, man. Out of the closet, buddy. So uh, so it's a, it's a gift to have people like like Jesuit and people like you guys who, you know, I mean, like I said, I'm going to Arizona. I'm going to record at Zach's house. 
uh, and I'm going to a baseball game with Justin coming up. I mean, just, just, you guys are great. And if anybody out there, if you're like, if you're thinking, and like I said, I'm going to be doing shows on both coasts this year. So <laughs> if you want me to come over, if you happen to be in a place, maybe we can work something out and I can make it, I can make it work where I will go record at your place. But, uh, but thank you Jesuit for having me in your, in your house. It's amazing that you would ask. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, thank you for, for allowing me to invite myself. Thank you for having a wonderful house, sharing it with me. And, and thank you for putting up with me and my weirdness and, and, uh, my foolishness and, and, and my quirks and, and I don't eat this. I don't drink that. I don't, I don't sleep there. I don't like this. And, and you've been very kind. And again, you had a head start cause you heard for 10 years, me telling people what I do and I don't do. So at least you knew what you were getting into, but I think my biggest thank you for you. I think the thing I am most grateful for, uh, was you taking me under your wing and and showing me what real barbecue is all about. <laughs> because when he said he had a local place that I was going to love, I went, there's no way. Because I've had good barbecue. I've had barbecue all over this world. And he said, dude, this place is so good. It's fucking famous. I said, all right. If you tell me, because I, I know a lot about barbecue and I've been to a lot of cool ass places. He goes, you're going to love it. It's fantastic. He goes, we got to stop into the Safeway and buy uh, like pounds of gumbo powder. But after that, we're going to head over to this. And, and sure enough, we came around the ridge and there was a, and look, there were a lot of choices there. There was amazing Chinese in a Panda Express. There was fantastic Chinese food. Like I mentioned, there was also unbelievable Mexican food in a place called Chipotle. I think it was called get this. They even had something called Ono Hawaiian. I mean, talk about your exotic foodstuffs, but then we came around the corner and I saw it cresting there. And I knew, I knew I was in for the lunch of a lifetime because folks, he wasn't lying when he said that this barbecue was famous. Fuck. It's right in the name. Let me tell you, if you can somehow make a trip out here, if you can get on a plane and arrange a San Francisco vacation, look, there's a lot of great places out here. I, I recognize that. I've already mentioned the Panda Express. I've already mentioned the Chipotle. Those are here. But if you want good barbecue, fuck Franklin barbecue in Austin. Nobody wants to go to fucking Oklahoma Joe's in Kansas city where Scott Phillips took me. You want to come to the Bay area, famous world over for its barbecue and famous world over for its world renowned pitmaster. Famous Dave. Oh, folks, let me tell you something. When that, when that incredibly hard and crunchy, chewy piece of Texas brisket off of your store-bought hamburger bun comes into your mouth and, and just oozes its ketchup-based sauce that couldn't be plainer if it was marrying a priest in Kansas. You'll know. You'll know why world over and Bay Area specific. Dave is so famous. You guys can get me at MikeAndMikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friends at Facebook slash the 40 or dot com facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy you can be my uh follower at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy you can go ahead and find me like it's really dark i'm sorry i'm trying to maneuver through the dark here uh so again like i said mike at mike comedy.com uh facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy and also snapchat and instagram i'm in there lurking 
You can find me. I'm a, I'm doing a Maypole. You can find me. I'm Mike4OYOB, M-I-K-E-4OYOB at all of those fantastic places. That's Snapchat, Instagram, and uh, all of these other Twitter, email. Follow me, find me, friend me. F- oh, uh, forget me. Ah. Uh, all right, so do ahead, uh, go ahead and find me there. Remember that we have the website, which has been, uh, well, before I talk about that, let's talk about our good friend, uh, the YouTube channel. We've got that out there. It was put together by our friend Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. That's super fan Gio, super fan of others, not super fan of me, certainly. Uh, but he's out there and he's created a YouTube channel that exists that you should go check out some cool ass stuff. There's a, a look, all of these shows are there. All of the archives. If you want to go ahead and look up in the archives, favorite episodes from the past, or try to find a new episode that you might love. Also, there's other videos and other things to come in the future. I keep promising that, but I swear to you, it's going to happen. Uh, those exist. So go ahead and check out the YouTube channel. And our friend Giovanni Giorgio Peluso has his own podcast. It's called get it on. G-I-O, G period I, it's called Get It On Podcast. He has uh, f- uh, frequently asked, what is that? Cross uh, Outdoors Facts, F-A-Q-S. Um, and be his friend at facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. You can follow him at Twitter. He's at Instagram. He's at all those places as well. And he's our great friend. He loves us and he loves the show and we love him. Look at that. It's a goddamn hug fest with me and Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. Uh, Ryan Dirks is all the web stuff for the show. Go to facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. He's the best. He's going to be, and he's going to be real busy here in the coming months. Hint, hint. Yeah. Uh, even though he writes me and he goes, give me something to do. And I never do. So I'm wait- Here's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting until the very last second to go. You have to do all of this tonight. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, so please go ahead and friend my friend, Ryan Dirks, tell him he's the best. And also, you know what? David Mex Hernandez. That's our friend, David Hernandez. He does all of the badass work for this show. Uh, he does artwork. He does music. I'm hoping I get him tonight in time. It's late. So I'm hoping I get to him this Tuesday night to get him to do some artwork because his Wednesdays are always chock full, but, uh, but he's there and he does all the music and the artwork for this amazing show because he's the best. You can find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. But if you'd like to go ahead and hire him to do something personal for you, first of all, don't call him at 1130 at night. He won't like that at all, but, uh, you can get him at artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. And you can say, hey, you know what, dude? Why don't you paint my nutsack? And he's going to go, why don't you fuck off, man? And then you'll send him some PayPal money and you'll get a glorious painting of your nutsack. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, but he just doesn't care for that kind of language. Approach him in a nice way is my point. Um, but if you wanted to paint your daughter, if you wanted to paint your beautiful, if you wanted to paint uh, an Asian raccoon rummaging through your re- re- recycling, he could go ahead and do that. I've painted a word picture as such. If you wanted, if you wanted him to paint... The- a gay guy from Mannequin in drag telling you to get out of your subway seat. He'd be happy to do that. If you wanted him to paint a sweaty, famous Dave working hard over his pits, that's the man. Go ahead and find David at artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. Valscapes, Guy Cons, and anything else you can think of. He'll sculpt it. He'll paint it. He'll make it happen. Find him now at A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. Mitchell Angel Mitchell Angel Mitchell Angel Mitchell Angel Dude, 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 dude Mitchell Angel Mitchell Angel Mitchell Angel Mitchell Angel Mitchell Angel Dude, dude, dude What? Mitchell
Mitchell Angel. Mitchell Angel. Mitchell Angel. Mitchell Angel. Mitchell Angel. <laughs> Want to remind you folks about the... Uh... Oh, I don't. There's no fucking Monday Night Tees anymore. Well, I'm going to remind you about that. I got nothing to remind you folks about him. You know, I want to remind you folks about Art by DMH. That's a company held up by my friend David Hernandez. I should have mentioned it earlier. I probably should have, but I didn't because why would I do that? Why would I ever uh, tell you any information you needed to know? Uh, there's nothing to remind you of. There's plenty of stuff to tell you about, though. However, I know you're thinking about many of things. Uh, well, I guess it's sort of reminding you of these things. We have sponsors of this show. I'll tell you about them. Uh, first of all, our great friend Jerome in Michigan, he's up there in the mitten and he's uh, churning out baby oil like uh, it's nobody's fucking business. He's making butters and bombs and lubes and bombs and scarves and fucking doilies and fucking placemats and seat covers and all sorts of bullshit up there that you can order. And you can save money by using the code 40YOB. 40YOB at getthebutters.com. That's getthebutters.com. And I have people all the time, they approach me and they're like, Mike, do you have any idea where we can get the butters? Guess what? <laughs> Getthebutters.com is my top choice. That's exactly where I would go. Everybody's like, well, where can we get the, the nippers? I don't, I have no clue, no idea. Where can we get the Funkos? Uh, plenty of places online. However, not at getthebutters.com. That's your sole headquarters for butters, folks. And you know what I say to you? Get them. Want me to get them? Well, I got them. Pulled out an Uzi and I shot them. Hi, that's Cool Mo D from a song. All right, so. Uh, getthebutters.com, use the code 40YOB and get butters and balms and scarves and bombs and lubes and all sorts of crazy things that you can put in your ass or on your penis. Why not? I like to use the word penis. Uh, you can, you know what? Actually, you can put it on your labia majora. If you'd like, do me a favor. Do not put it on your labia minora. And do, do not put it on your menorah either. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. On the 12th day of Hanukkah, someone gave to me a handful of fucking gummy lube. Oh, avoid it at all costs. Uh... All of your labias belong to us. Why do I say that? I don't know. Literally, I was going to say a sentence, and in the middle of it, I go, Don, don't worry, you're talking about labias still. But labias, that's, but we'll shelve that for now. Well, look, labia talk is much later in the show. How could it be much later? All right, so getthebutters.com, code 40YOB, butters and balms and bombs and lubes and all sorts of fun-ass stuff that you can put in your beard that smells like fun, and, uh, and it smells like fruit punch. I, I'm telling you right now, you know what? I don't even think he has this yet, but Jerome, I'm calling it right now. Put out a line of stuff that smells like fruit punch and you'll be a goddamn millionaire. You'll be a fruity millionaire. That's what I call you. By the way, if I ever own a racehorse, a fruity millionaire in the sixth, put all your money on his nose. Fruity millionaire, my life. Uh, so go ahead and pick up a fruity millionaire right now over at getthepunters.com. That's got to be like the coolest, gayest, most expensive drink in the world. That's what it is. Oh my God. It's just, it's just gold leaf and lemur piss. That's, that's what a fucking fruity millionaire tastes like. Oh, get it to go. Because you know, rich people have lemurs as pets, don't they? If I remember correctly, I don't know a lot about rich people. If I did, I wouldn't be telling you about it because I'd keep it to myself. Yeah. That's what Holland said on their album. You, you keep it to yourself, self. Yeah. Holland. Uh, nobody liked the Holland album. It's such a whiff on my part. And so no, I'm no longer recommending music to people. That's it. No more. You don't get to hear any more of the things that I like. Because also, none of you did your homework. Like you got your fucking Holland album. And I was like, hey, make sure you write a review on the Joker's page. And then you write me an email. Mm, Holland stinks. Oh, great. <laughs> well, thank you for making that uh, something I needed to read. And also with the, with the clickbaity headline, hey, hear what I think about Holland? You'll never believe it. And then I clicked on it. Mm, Holland stinks. <laughs> Uh, I enjoy Holland and I enjoy all of their songs. I enjoy uh, the basics, basics of the bullet. What if I ran down the whole album? All 10 of them. Uh, so I will not keep that to myself. I will not keep it to myself, Holland. I will talk about all the songs on your album. 
Go to getthebutters.com and get the Holland album. It's available now. Uh, <laughs> use the code Mike4OYOB and you'll love it. You'll be so happy. Folks, there's other things that we have to tell you about. There's another sponsor to the show. It's, well, you know what it is. It's a gentleman who's a compound I've been hiding out in for a couple of days and who just dropped the knowledge on me that tomorrow morning I might have to leave at 8.30, even though my flight's not till 2. That's fucking a drag. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, really weird. He's like, he's like, hey, you could go with me and I'll get this bullshit. Well, I'll, I'll tell you that in a fucking second. No, I'll tell you. No, fuck it. I'll tell you now. He's like, we could take a cosmic carpool. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck that is. And he goes, it's totally cool. It's like a space shuttle that takes you wherever you want to go. I'm like, wee, that's great. Is it free? He's like, yeah, of course. That's why you picked it, you off-brand motherfucker. Of course. <laughs> This is totally true. I'm not joking. The other day, we took a fucking Uber to Sushi. Today, we took an Uber to Safeway. And then we went to that unbelievably famous barbecue joint. And then we took an Uber home. Get This is totally true. This motherfucker, he doesn't even have a car, right? He can't pick me up at the fucking airport. Come stay at my house. Whatever. I get it. I'm in a basement. It's fine. Dudes, this, this dude, I'm the talent. I'm the motherfucking talent. This guy orders an Uber pool. All those rides. We're sharing cars with like people that are awful. I mean, it's just these these people sitting in the and hating us and hating actively upon us. And then I had to talk to some dude. The first Uber we got in, the first Uber pool. This guy pulls up in my car. He's got literally he's got a 2008 Toyota Camry hybrid. It's my car, the same color, the same everything. Except I have a bitch in stereo, and this old man didn't fucking need one. But still, uh, and then I'll get this. And this is even funnier. So we wind up talking and I'm, it's a little crosstalk because there's, again, there's a fucking lady in the back. So I can't sit in back and talk to my friend like a grown up. So I got to keep turning back over my left hand shoulder and be like, you kids okay back there? I mean, it's just so fucking bad. So then I'm talking to fucking uh, Jesuit. He's in the back seat. He's chatting up this lady. They're hitting it off and I'm trying not to interfere with that. So I'm stuck talking to this bald fuck who's driving the car. And this is an old dude. Like I told you, when I take an Uber, I'm never lucky enough to get a mic. I always get Marfan or, you know, Nate. You know what I mean? Some guy named Nate from the 70s. And it's just like, oh man, Nate, what the fuck are you doing? But then we get this guy who clearly limped out of World War II and shouldn't have. <laughs> he should have succumbed to the German pressures and gone down in a hail of glory at Luftwaffe. I mean, fuck this guy. And now, I tell you what, that guy fought in World War II. He's driving around in a Japanese car. How you like that, buddy? Who really won this war? You fuck. You were over there, you're fucking shooting guys, you're fucking kamikaze and you're hiding on an island, you're at Evo fucking Jima, and then you come out and what do you do? You buy a fucking Japanese car and then you drop me at a sushi restaurant? That's a double fucking negative. <laughs> Look at you getting the fucking war rubbed in your face this afternoon by me and my friend Jesuit. As we, he's in the back talking to a lady and I'm stuck talking to you, you fuck. And he's just there lurking in the driver's seat, man. And at one point we're talking and I'm, and look, I will be honest with you. Uh, you know me, I don't like to talk much like on Ubers and stuff like that. If I'm alone, I earbuds and that, but you know what? I'm here. I'm the talent. It's showtime. I'm with the Jesuit. He's paid. Yeah. I'm staying at his house, whatever. He's buying dinner, I think at that point. And I, so what I'm going to do is I'm trying to be funny up until then to see if he pays. Um, I got to earn it. I got to look, I got to sing for my supper. I got to sing for the years. I got to sing for the laughter. I've got to <laughs> sing for the tears, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so here's the deal. I'm in the back. I'm, I'm being, I'm funny. And I will ask you, you, you don't want to talk. I was funny in the car, right? Oh, yeah. I was fucking hysterical. But the thing is, the fucking, uh, the, the crazy ass Eisenhower in the fucking driver's seat, he won't, he won't, he refuses to sell out. Like he refuses to laugh. Like he won't, he won't go along and admit that I'm funny. He keeps trying to zing along with me, man. A little zinger. Ha <laughs> ha. How you doing there, Jack Benny? Shut up and drive the fucking car, you idiot. Like he's literally trying to top me with like all these fucking Vodio dough jokes from a million years ago. Busby Berkeley spinning in his grave and I can hear it over the factory radio. It's just fucking bad. So he's sitting there and he's, and he just keeps going. He's like, ah, I got a zinger for you, young man. Get shut the fuck up chubby cheeks and drop me at the sushi joint. Japanese won that war. No thanks to you. 
So he's driving. And so finally, it comes down to this. We drop off one lady. And again, it's a pool because very cheap Jesuit. And, he's, and we stop and get another lady. So now we got to stop and pick up some Haitian maid. So she climbs into the back seat, and I'm like, hey, Harriet, how you doing? You want to, you need any room? Whatever. She's friendly and nice. We're all friendly and nice, except for the driver, again, who's still holding his fucking grudge against Tojo against the rest of us. So I finally, we're driving, and everybody's, we're, we're having fun. I'm, I, and look, it's an, L, it's an L shape of fun. Me, front seat, woman behind me, and cross over to the Jesuit. But it's not a square of fun because, again, front seat, driver's side, out of it. He absolutely is not completing our fun puzzle. He's totally out. We just go fucking L fun, fun L, not a fun fucking square. So I finally, I'm fed up. I'm fed up with him trading. I'm fed up with him talking to me. I'm fed up with him thinking about the times that he could top me. I'm fed up about him thinking about being in a foxhole with some funny guy from Maine who, you know, wound up growing up and having a podcast umpire. And he's like, you know what, man, I fuck. And so he's trying to top. And finally, I just look at him and I go, uh, you like doing this? You like driving this thing? And he's just like, well, you know, I, I guess. So. And I go, let me ask you a more important question. Do you like me? Because it's funny to me to do that. And there's a beat, and I'm, I swear to God. And he goes, I like people. <laughs> that was it. I like people. And I went, and there's a beat, and I just, and I, I see Jesuit, like, kind of, like, puts his head in his sleeve, and I, there's a beat, and I just go, wow. <laughs> I go, man, could you have said you hated me in less words? Is that possible? And he goes, well, no, I certainly wouldn't take a job like this, young man, if I didn't like meeting people and having them be uh, all kinds of cut-ups in the car. And I'm like, oh, man, trust me. It, you hate me, and I get it, and uh, you want me uh, to get out of the car Hirohito style? I totally understand it. And, uh, and I, I, it, was, it was, took me aback. I won't lie to you. I, I, I like people. <laughs> and it was, and again, good for him. It showed me that there wasn't a lot of time on the ground with bayonets and fucking rifles in the war. He was a diplomat. Obviously, he was a diplomat because he very diplomatically told me to shove my head up my ass. Like <laughs> people, uh, so good for him. So, uh, so yeah. So that's so then now fucking uh, Jesuit is like, hey man, in the morning, I don't know if you're aware. What time's your flight? I said it's like four in the afternoon. He goes, great. We're gonna get up at six. Six a. Cause uh, you know I got to go to work, and I'm like, dude, I'm in town three days. You know I was here. Why don't you fucking take the day off? Because again, the talent's in town. Tell your fucking boss. So he's like, uh, well, you know, we can get up at six, and then we got to call uh, Cacophony Carpool, and we got to hop into that thing, and it's a lot of fun. We'll be having instruments, and we'll spin her like one of those ratchet New Year's Eve newsmakers. It's totally fun. And I go, what is Cacophony Carpool? What is fucking Cosmic Carpool? I don't even know what this is. Well, here's what it is, folks. It is a service unique to San Francisco, I think, as far as the Jesuit knows, and. Uh, you know what it is, man? It's, you know what I would call it, honestly? It's, because here's what it is, literally. It just, it just drives and picks people up and just keeps picking people up. And eventually, you'll get to your destination. I like to call it Uber Wee, because you never know. You don't know when you're going to stop. You don't know when. It's just a spinning wheel, and who knows when you're going to fucking show up, man. Uh, literally, it's just that. There's no assigned people. There's just, it's just like a, it sounds like the hippie-ish fucking thing I've I literally ever heard in my life. Just, hey, man, we'll get there when we get there, dude. Why don't you fucking calm down and listen to some goddamn, oh, look at this. Oh, dude, I love this. This is Coldplay. Let's play it, man. Let's play it loud. And I'm like, Coldplay? I, this doesn't sound like any Coldplay song I've heard. No, no, it's a Danish knockoff with a K instead of a C, man. And they play all the Coldplay stuff, one chord minor and backwards. It's fucking amazing. Oh, my God. Bring back the war hero. <laughs> So tomorrow morning, I am supposed to be, and I know it's late. I'm not, this is fucking Tuesday night now at 1130. Cause we, I finished, uh, the first half of the show with first half. Oh my God. What if the next day, what if I do another <laughs> two hours? Um, 
I finished that part of the show before the song. You just heard the break or whatever the fuck I tuck in there. And then we stopped and we had some of this delicious gumbo that is still smelling up the entire fucking house. Uh, but it was amazing. Holy fuck, dudes. Was it good? It's, it was a, uh, it was a uh, gumbo with filet, which is how you make a meat gumbo. I don't know if you know that traditionally, folks. That's how you make a meat gumbo. Because the seafood gumbo would have an okra. Pff, fuck you, okra. But a meat gumbo, filet. And that's what I went today. I just, I, and by the way, that is my, my favorite Morris Albert song, by the way. Filet. Nothing more than filet. Making your gumbo thick and full of umami. Uh, wow, I'm old. Uh, so anyway, so we just ate it and it was a stewish gumbo. Uh, it had more of a brothy thing, but then you put the filet in, it gets a little thick. And I had mine over rice. The Jesuit does not care for the grain. So instead, I just had a bowl of it myself with the rice, and I wolfed it down. And it had a, it had a, a, an andouille sausage. It had a, a, was that two different kinds of sausage? Oh, three different kinds of sausage. Hold tight. It had an andouille. It had a spicy hot link. And then it had a, was it a Polish, a Perlish? I don't know. Uh, a smoked, a smoked, an andouille, and a, uh, a spicy hot link. And then it had a duck. That duck, the aforementioned duck carcass was uh, on a low boil the whole time. Here's the thing. Remember I said the whole place smells like duck? I didn't realize it was still cooking while I was doing the motherfucking show. It was on a low boil for three hours. And then he uh, he stripped all the meat off and stuff. After I decided to talk to Max about the artwork and stuff. And so he he completed his gumbo. And then we had a bowl of it. Because he's like, you want to eat now or you want to finish the show? And I'm like, eh, I don't even want to finish the show because I don't. But I know I got to. Uh, he brought me here for a reason. So then we knocked the gumbo down first and I just ate a gigantic bowl of gumbo and so delicious. It was so goddamn good. So thank you, Jesuit. That was nice of you to do. And he's like, next time you come to town, you're, I'm making jambalaya. And I'm like, next time. Sure, I'm coming to town. Uh, and also, by the way, I get, because this is what everybody does. They're like, come to my house and make fun of me. And then I do. And then they're like, uh, I didn't, you know, um, Kirkwood's from Costco. It's not from, uh, it's not from Smart Final or not from Walmart, man. And I'm like, Jesus, oh my God. And, and another thing, I, I lived in Texas, man. So I like know what barbecue is. So man, like you should not, you should really like maybe make sure everybody, okay, yeah. Glad your feelings are intact, motherfucker. All right, good. You're fucking literally stripping duck bones five seconds ago. And now you're going to be indignant with me. Good for you. Walking around barefoot, put some shoes on. All right, so he's still barefoot now. He ate dinner barefoot. That's gross. Who's barefoot at dinner? Unless it's a lady. Like, oh my God, is there anything sexier than like a lady who leans back with a bowl of soup and a fucking like a crop top and shorts and she puts her bare feet up on the table? Ooh, God damn, that's perfect. Uh, all right, so here's the thing. Uh, that's, uh, you can go to, oh, my website exists and other things, <laughs> other things exist. I was going to plug other stuff, wasn't I? So the Fearful Jesuit podcast exists and it's out there now. You can go ahead and grab it. Uh, next week is the new show which is episode seven, I believe, if I'm correct. And uh, look, here's the thing. Download the Paranoid Strain and then give it a listen and then write Fearful Jesuit. Tell him that I'm the man. Tell him that he's the man. Tell him that Joe Jackson's the man. He's the man. He's the man. He's the man. The man. He's the uh, Tell him that we're all the men. Okay. Tell him you love the show. Tell him it's fantastic. Here's the deal. You give him this feedback. He thinks I'm a hitter and I get to come up here and have some other New Orleans garbage. It'll be fucking fantastic. So, uh, so go ahead and let him think that there's something going on that you guys are interested in some small way <laughs> and it works out perfectly. And also leave a review in the iTunes store, man, because I tell you what, again, as I've mentioned before, and it's not just cause he's sitting here. I've said this before when I'm alone at my fucking desk where I'll be next week asking myself if I'm any good at this. Uh, literally it is a show I can't do. Um, it would, it would make me have to do a lot of work and I'm so impressed by anybody who can put together something that is, uh, concise and entertaining at the same time. And, uh, cause I'm certainly not concise. I go the other way. I go the entertaining. That's about it. 
Uh, I can bring you that. But I mean, as far as concise, fuck all that. He sits down with discipline and with smarts and uh, knowledge gained and knowledge still in progress of being learned. And he brings it all to bear on a show that is amazing called The Paranoid Strain, hosted by Fearful Jesuit. Please download it. Let him know you did because I told you to. Because again, it lets him know that we're all in this together and having fun. And again, next week, I will tell you this, episode seven, there you may hear, there may be, you might hear the voice of somebody you recognize. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, well, fuck it. I'm going to say it. It's my voice. Yeah, I'm literally, you know, that's not a tease. I'm just going to tell you. I, my voice is in the show next week. I, I, uh, but here's the thing. Is it in the beginning? Is it in the end? Perhaps I've been jammed into the middle somehow? Who knows? You will have to download episode seven of The Paranoid Strain next week, hosted by Fearful Jesuit. And you'll have to hear about more conspiracy theories and cool-ass stuff. And also, while you're dicking around online, go subscribe to their YouTube channel. Because that's the thing. is They're trying to get over 100 subscribers so they can get their own personalized URL. And then, I can tell you this from experience, that's when the big bucks start rolling in. <laughs> Holy macaroni, personalized URL. Who the fuck do you think you are, Queen Mary? What the fuck? Way to go, Princess Elizabeth. Qualified, personalized URL. Well, I didn't. My monocle has popped out of my eye. I didn't realize how fancy you were. Uh, So please, let them get that goal, that small goal, that tiny fucking goal. This man just told me raccoons break into his home. Please do what you can to help him get over this hump of 100 people on fucking YouTube. The man needs it. Reach out. So... Uh, go to my website while we're talking about all this nonsense, folks. I have a website called MikeSchmidtComedy.com. If you go there and you check it out, there's all sorts of cool stuff. There's the Joe Business page, too. Like I said, we've still got things around there. I think a t-shirt link is still up there. Please ignore it. They're all gone. Uh, I need to get... This is the thing is I need to really contact Ryan and tell him what's what. I will... By the time this airs, he's going to have a note from me. I'll tell you that. Oh, my God. What a note. Because he has to also know because, like, things are afoot. And he has to know things are afoot because, again, literally, if I dump a fucking fuck ton of garbage on his head and go, dude, put all this up, he's going to be so mad. Um, actually, no, Brian Dirks has never been mad in his life. Never. Uh, he's, he's got a farm and he's lovely and his wife is, del- is a perfect person and everybody's happy. So here's the thing. Uh, go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the Joe Business page and check out all of the cool things that we have for sale that are downloads, live stuff. We've got my CD, all sorts of stuff. Most importantly, while you're there, I would say use the Amazon link. The Amazon link is a big deal. It helps this show quite a bit. You go ahead and use that. They get money. We get money. You get stuff. It works out perfectly. And everybody needs stuff. You need stuff like I need fucking money. Look at how this fucking marriage came to be. So go ahead and buy stuff while I get money. And then Amazon gets money. And they just get bigger and bigger. And I get to survive. And then you get to play with whatever fucking stupid toy you bought. So go ahead and please go to use the Amazon link at MikeSchmidtComedy.com on the Joe Business page. Click it. I get money. They get money. You get stuff. It works out perfectly for all involved. It is a love triangle that can't be stopped. Everybody orgasms. Everybody naps nicely in everybody else's arms. So please give me money. Give them money. Grab your stuff. It's perfect. So check that all out. That's available there. Also, like I said, that's MikeSchmidtComedy.com. But you know what? I also have a Patreon page. Oh, we're talking about money, aren't we? Let's talk about the Patreon page, which exists. And all of you fine people who do give to it every month are fantastic. And I have a, I'm going to get, there's going to be an offer in just a second that is for you. Trust me. Um, Here's the deal, man. The Patreon page exists. Go ahead and sign up. There are things coming. I have fun ideas to do streaming stuff, YouTube stuff, all sorts of different things. I just have to implement them and put them into place. And I also have to convince myself that anybody would fucking care. I know that sounds dumb. I'm not reaching out to you to go, hey, Mike, we care. Because I know you care. Everybody cares. But I... 
I still in my brain go, nobody wants to hear what I think of salad. I mean, it just seems fucking ridiculous to me that I would go out and go, hmm, Caesar, delicious. And then, oh my gosh, what's this? A, a caramelized onion dressing from Kraft? Why, that just seems like garbage. Why would it be in your refrigerator, Jesuit? But it's there. Uh, so that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I can be a reviewer. I can talk about those things. But in my head, I'm like, uh, I'm not entertaining enough, he said in two and a half hours of his, hour two and a half of his podcast that is fucking hysterical and unbelievably funny this week. So... It's coming is my point. There will be videos. There will be things for Patreon people, stuff on YouTube, all that sort of thing. But here's the thing, folks. This is a co-plug. Right now we're getting this plug together. But before I do that, let me talk about this. Hold on. Uh, There's a thing called Cameo. It's an app you can put on your phone. And it's a website as well, I've been told. And uh, you can order me to call you up and make fun of you. Or or call you up and tell you how much I love you. I can do all of those things. Whatever you want from me. The narrative is yours. Just like Mex will draw whatever you want. I'll say whatever the fuck you want. And if you just say, Mike, say whatever you want. Well, God help you. But still, I will do just that. Although I, I sometimes have a hard time of thinking of things to say. So that might be a thing that'll be an issue for you. Because I mean, there's a good chance, as you can tell by this show, I'm not very verbose. I'm not exactly glib. So when I try to call you, I might be like, uh, duh, happy duh, birthday, day, duh. And I hang up. Uh, which is well worth your $20. Don't kid yourselves. That is well worth your $20. But if you want me to do other things, whatever. And also, I should tell you this. Cameo is a big deal. I got my first Cameo person this week. I'm not going to say who it is, but a listener to this show has contacted me. And this is the strangest thing in the world. He asked me to call him. And then I called him and he said, I'm sorry, you have the wrong number. And he hung up, but still paid $20 for the privilege of telling me that sort of thing. Uh, No, truth be told, I do. I had literally this week, I got my first cameo and I'm very excited. And uh, I don't know, uh, you know, I'm not calling yet because it's for an event in September, which seems really early to get me. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you're. You're thinking I'm somehow going to get swamped with cameo people or you just want, yeah, you wanted to beat the rush. Of course you did. The summer rush. There's a lot of summer rush on insults and everybody's like, oh, we got to get that Schmitty on board. So uh, cameo exists. Download the app to your phone. You can dial me up and order me up there. You can check out the website on your phone or your web, uh, your laptop, whatever the fuck, and look up cameo shout outs or whatever it's called and find me. And I'm there lurking and then hire me to do that sort of thing. And I'm happy to do it. Thank you for thinking of me. I'm glad. Now let's get back to the thing that we were about to tie together because that seems like a good plan. Uh, as I mentioned, the Patreon page exists. And uh, you know, there's all sorts of stuff I've promised and personalized podcasts. And I want to talk to people. And all of that still is true. And I'm going to go through and start doing that sort of thing because that seems like the, uh, the most pertinent move to do. The most prudent thing to do would be to give you the thing you wanted. How about that? But I will tell you this. I mentioned earlier that I have book shows. Here's one I can announce. July 7th, 2018 at the Liberty Exhibition Hall in Cincinnati, Ohio. At Cincinnati, Ohio, I will be there doing a show, ladies and gentlemen. Now that day, I'm also involved in a Spartan Sprint. So you guys can sign up to run the Spartan Sprint with me, and then we can all go sit in a giant fucking van filled with ice, and then we can get together for a show later that night. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. And look, I usually don't know what I'm going to talk about. I'm betting that night I'm going to talk a lot about muscles. I'll probably do that. I'll talk about how sore I am. I'll talk about getting a mustard plaster. All of that could come up. The point is, at the uh, it's Cincinnati at the Liberty Exhibition Hall, July 7th, 2018. That is a Saturday. Uh, Mike Schmidt is on the road. I don't have a name for this show yet. I don't know if there's a theme yet. I don't know what's going to be done. It's, it's kind of the early stages of putting together another CD and another show. So I might just come to town and fire off a couple of stories. I might just talk in circles. I might just have fun. I might just do a meet and greet. Who knows? I might not do a show at all. Buy a ticket. Um, the point is tickets are on sale now. The ticket is uh, link is at brownpapertickets.com. You can find it on the Facebook page. I'm going to tweet it out. I'm also going to post it on Instagram because you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and use all of my social media power to try to get more than five people in the motherfucking building because we're going to need that many to carry me the fuck out because I can't stand up after the goddamn run early in the day. So 
Uh, please come to the Liberty Exhibition Hall in Cincinnati, July 7, 2018. But here's what I'm saying to you guys right now. That's in July. This show is airing at the end of March. If you are a $10 or more subscriber, and tickets will be $20. Tickets to this show will be $20. But get this. If you're a $10 a month or more subscriber to the Patreon, you got a ticket to Cincinnati. So if you're in the area, you want to come down, you want to visit. If you're a $10 subscriber, I think I got a 15, a 20, a 25, uh, 50, 100. I, I think I have a $6,000 level. I don't know what the fuck I have. I have dumb levels. But anybody $10 and up, and you got to sign up and you got to, you got to see, and you also, you have to do that, you know, before July, obviously. So let's put it this way before the end of June, because, um, if you sign up like July 1st, then you come to the show and then you cancel it. You're just kind of a dick and you could do that. And I wouldn't blame you honestly, because that's the thing. You're just like shopping. You're like, I can't wait to go see Mike do the show. And then you're like, mm, that's not what I thought. Cancel. I'll not, I'll be very disappointed and sad. But the point is, uh, if you're like, all right, if you're right now, cause I have a list, I know who's who. If there's a Patreon, if you're Patreon subscribers right now at $10 a month, uh, you got to take it to Cincinnati. It's yours. Just tell me and I'll, I'll hook you up. We'll put you on a list. Um, if you subscribe in, you know, April, May, and you stay a subscriber through then until July, you got a ticket, man. It's going to be fucking amazing. Uh, and you'll come out and we'll have a good time. And like I said, afterwards, we'll hang out. We'll go eat. We'll do a thing. I think I'm going to be in Cincinnati for like four days. If I remember correctly, I got to sit down and do the plotting and the planning and figuring out the money. Um, and also I might record a show there while I'm in town. I might do it at Colleen's house. Maybe we'll have people over to Colleen's house. Cause she mentioned that that was a possibility. Hi, Colleen. I just invited people to your house. So I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know what's going to happen, but I will tell you that July 7th, 2018 at the Liberty Exhibition Hall in Cincinnati, Ohio, you can come out and check me out. I'll be there. And if you're already a Patreon subscriber of $10 or up, you've got a ticket. Tickets are $20. They're on sale now. The link is at Instagram. The link is at my Twitter. The link is at my, uh, I might even Snapchat the motherfucker. And then my link is also available at the, uh, at the website, of course, and at Facebook. Certainly you'll go ahead and find it there. Click through to Brown Paper Tickets. Go ahead and get tickets to come see me in Cincinnati. And, uh, and then we'll all hang out and we'll go to a baseball game. Cause I'm going to go to the Cincy game on the July 4th. I think, uh, remember that that's national anthem day. I think I remember <laughs> I said it earlier in the fucking show. Uh, but come see me in Cincinnati. I, again, I've got two other shows booked and it's two shows in one city. I can't tell you when or what, but I got, I know the, it's a place, whatever. I can't do that. I hate, I hate giving you what I can't give you. And I, I always hate telling you, oh, I can't tell you that yet. It's silly, but it's unfortunately, there's a thing I've got to, there's some other arrangements to make, but right now I'm definitely going to be in a certain city at a certain time. <laughs> How fucking dumb is that? <laughs> Look, I can't, I can't be more specific than that. I will be in a certain city at a certain time. And if I show up at any theater at all, and there's an Asian rummaging through the garbage, trying to steal plastic bottles, I'll know I'm home. I will know because that's literally, that's all that it says to me. That's home to me now homeward bound. I wish I was homeward bound. If only it's home where there's tiny Asians home and there's clinking bottles home and they're gathering that recycling from me, taking all my recycling from me. In the pantry with your cupcakes. <laughs>
inside yourself. It's easier to hide when you pretend you're a nice. Women love a guy with a giant neck.